brothers that don't be knowing, what's up? He is Troy Abbott, PT. My name is AJ Smith, strength coach, owner here at Smith's Fitness. This is Busy Getting Strong, the Smith's Fitness Podcast. Let's get it. One of the Smith's Fitness Podcast. We have our first guest today. That's special, that. It's huge. That's, that's huge. So, uh, he's one of my oldest mates. I think I've known him since, how old are you, in year two? Seven? Seven, yeah. So what's that? I've got, a, I've got a kid in year two, I should know. Shit, well, how old is he? <laughs> yeah, he's seven. So yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah. so yeah, Martin's here. He's our, um, he's our sports fan. Uh, we're going to talk guy. all things sport, all things footy. This is our AFL preview episode. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty excited about it. Thanks for coming on, man. And uh, yeah, we're going to rip in. Um, you're going to obviously know about my lack of knowledge when it comes to footy. <laughs> so I apologize in advance. But we're going to start with um, some, I don't know, just some stories about what you've done because you are the biggest sports fan I know. So um, yeah, let's get into it, mate. Let's yeah, go. Sure. So yeah, thanks uh, for having Martin, me. Martin also cool. works for the West Coast Eagles, but we'll get into that a little bit later as well. Um, but let's get into it. So, I, yeah, I've known Martin since I was what year two. Um, always been a massive sports fan. Love it. Big Richmond <laughs> fan. Um, that's all I can remember. It's just, it's just Richmond through and through. Um, that's why he's walking around with his chest out. So yeah, yeah. I'm technically used to love it as much, but these days, you well, have a bit of confidence about the man. I'm technically three in a row. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, so always played footy, always played cricket. I'm yeah. going to say, and I don't think this is news to him, probably wasn't the most gifted athlete. I've gotten better the less I've played. <laughs> the further away from where oh, I actually 100%, 100%. Yeah, yeah, had a suspect right foot on him. Yeah. Uh, but loved it. Always was setting up footy games and stuff at primary school. Um, loving the cricket, loving footy. Even getting into your league a fair bit, don't you? Anything yeah. where you can yeah. barrack for someone, he loves it. Two flies crawling up a wall, mate. I'll pick one to bet on. That's the one. Um, so let's go over. Ever since we were kids, I think the first thing you did that was like, what? how did he score that? was running with the Olympic torch. Yes. Talk us through what happened. How did you go about it? How did you enter? Yeah. And like, why did you get chosen? So, um, obviously, Sydney 2000, the Olympics were held in Australia. Probably, in my opinion, still the greatest sporting event this country's Ooh. had. Yeah. Uh, second to none. Um, so, the way it came about is, um, 1956, my, uh, my grandfather was uh, quite a... Prof- you know, quite, quite a good athlete um, in country New South Wales, in Barrel, Mittagong, Silveria, Southern Islands. Um, he actually played a bit under-19s with the Dragons, um, all this sort of stuff, but he was quite a good runner. And uh, the way it came about was... Oh, uh, like running? Yeah, so what, quite... What a, events? Uh, so, like, 800 metres, oh, okay, yeah. some sort of middle distance middle sort of distance, runner. Yep. Yeah. Um, and the way it came about was, uh, in 1956... The Olympic torch relay was a an actual twenty four hour relay. It only went for I think about fifteen days. They bought the flame from Athens. Um, I think it stopped in a couple other countries. They bought it from Athens, landed it in Brisbane, and they basically ran it down the east coast of Australia. So Brisbane, Brisbane down to Melbourne for the start of the Olympics. Yeah. Um, when the flame reached our area or the granddad's area, 
they what they did was they trialled everyone for a two-week period um, and to mimic the actual weight of the torch, he would practice with a house brick. <laughs> they each had to, yeah. <laughs> so they each had to run, um, it was a mile back then. Yeah. They each had to run a mile. Uh, and it was something like, um, oh, what? I think it was about three or four minutes or f- like about that sort of time. They had to run, like they were moving at yeah, that time. It was quick, yeah, right. you know? So anyway, there was uh, 15 runners. The day, the day came, granddad was selected to be Olympic torchbearer. Yep. Day came and the torch was six minutes behind. When, oh, no. like, so that was time to really get it going. So it was all like you, mate, to get this. Well, no, that's granddad. Yeah, that's so okay. 956. No, no, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, mate, yeah. And uh, he, it, so they started the relay sort of area then. Uh, when they, the first runner finished, oh sorry, the first runner took it, and then the last runner finished, 15 of them, they all ran PBs, the torch started six minutes behind, and left six minutes in front. Yeah. So, yeah, they were pretty happy with themselves. Um, 2000 comes around, and they put the call out to the old torch bearers, and it was, do you guys want to be Olympic torch bearers? Because it's now a more ceremonial sort of thing rather than a bang through relay. Yep. Um, so those dudes were cooking with yeah, the torch. Yeah, oh, yeah, 100%. Right. 100%. Put your foot down. And like, it, almost like it's a, a competition, it's a race. Correct, yeah. And then, yeah. I, I've, I've got it all written down. I'm sorry, I should have bought it. But I know, that he right. was, I know that he was third fastest and I've got his time all written yep. down and everything like and that. And that was a mile. Yes. So yeah, yeah it would have been if he was half like decent. Four-minute mile was when? Yeah. Some was, time, like, early... Roger Bannister was the first guy to run the four-minute mile. 50-something? Yeah, I, I want to say 52 or 53. Yeah. So yeah. then, so if you're doing it, if that's the best time ever, yeah. a whole heap of people beat it after that. Yeah. So it would have been around the five minutes. Yeah. So five minutes. Be, would have been around that time. I, I, so off the top of so my head, I think it was five minutes 32. Yeah. That was his time. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So... Yeah, it was fair for one. 1.6Ks. Correct. Yeah, yeah. and carrying the, and, the, the and way of the house brick. brick. <laughs> yeah. So that was the Olympic torch. Legit um, on fire too, eh? Like, yeah, legit on like fire. back then. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. You know, it's a bit yeah. And they started at dawn as well. So it was during the hottest part of the day through the Southern Highlands in November. So, I mean, we've all seen the devastation of the bushfires and the heat that can sort of generate around there. Yep. That's what they were running in with the Olympic Ooh. torch, right? So 2000 comes along. That's a hazard. And uh, it's the Olympic people, you know, IOC or whatever, go to Grandad and say, hey, um, do you want to be an Olympic torchbearer again? They pretty well offered it to all the 956 people yep. or a direct descendant. I was lucky enough to be the direct descendant. Uh, I was a big sports team. So I carried it for uh, about 400 metres in Rocky. Four, yeah, 400. <laughs> Wait, did cool. anyone else well, in the family the sort of right. jump in and try to... No, I was the sports one. You were like, Brad, get out of it. Yeah. It's and, and it was one of those things, and I, I got sent through all the paperwork, I remember. 400 metres. I was 12, 10, <laughs> 13. I remember that the, I see the photos of you every now and then, like uh, the old throwbacks, full kit. Yeah. And, like a white <laughs> and like blue. Light and blue and silver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The worst bit was, though, it... Like, so they gave us a thing that said, oh, you, ha- you might have to run up to a kilometre. Yeah. Um, and again, you have to be able to carry something that weighs about a kilo. Yeah. So my backyard is, is long and I'm 12 <laughs> years old. So I ran laps of my backyard <laughs> up to a kilometre. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. carrying a... And carrying a water bottle. So Dude. I carried it with a water <laughs> bottle. So and then I got there, it was 400 metres. So, but... 400 metres back then though yeah. when you're 12 oh nah no, it was pretty like it was, it was very very quickly over <laughs> so that's a big like yeah. process yeah. Uh, all the kit 
for yeah. 400 meters, eh? Yeah. Oh, dude, that's good. Yeah, I like that. Um, did you go Sorry. to that Olympics? No, nah, so we, we never went to the Sydney 2000 Olympics. Just watched that was all, all Kathy Freeman, wasn't it? Yeah, Kathy Freeman. Um, and but and we, we killed it in the swimming. Yeah, and women's volleyball. We won uh, gold medal there with... Yeah. Um, Natalie Cook and Kerry Podars. Yep. Um, yeah, that was our best Olympics ever. I think we won 52 medals. Yeah. I think we'll always remember it for the old uh, Kathy Freeman suit. Kathy Freeman right. suit, Ian Thorpe. Yeah. Um, when the, the boys go on the, uh, Dude, the podium. Yeah, That's how old. The boys go well, on the podium young, and don't they? smash the Americans like guitars. They all got yeah. up there and did yeah. that. Oh, uh, yeah. But my, my greatest memory of Sydney 2000 will always be Eric the Eagle. Oh yeah, that was it. How does that happen, eh? Was that a, that was a was that a final that he was in? Nah, so it was like a heat. Uh, yeah. There was three swimmers, um, and they all come from countries that weren't from traditional swimming backgrounds. So Eric was from um, Mos Mozambique. Nah, it was like Equatorial Guinea, I believe he was from. Yep. And he actually didn't have a fifty meter swimming pool in his country. He would practice in a river Dude. that was crocodile infested. Dude, yes. so <laughs> and yeah, that is a big, that is a big yeah. one. When was oh no, that'll be Winter Olympics, eh? When was Stephen Bradbury? Yeah, Winter Olympics. Yeah, and around then, that time. And though. then like a couple of days later, Lisa Camplin won. What we yep. thought, what we thought was going to be the first gold medal. Yep, yep. <laughs> I still bring out the old Stephen Bradbury with all my powerlifting clients that start looking at other people's totals and going, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, I can't beat them. Hey, Stephen Bradbury. All right, <laughs> correct. So there's yeah. still a chance. For sure. Correct. So, um, so, mate, I don't know if there's anything in between there, but the London Olympics was it? It was London. You went over with uh, the boys, Sean and yeah. So I did three AFL grand finals before that. Yep. Um, and well, let's go London Olympics. Yeah. You, so you somehow got a gig yep. doing like. <laughs> Reporting back to like a radio station. I did. Yeah. How did this all go? So who did you go over with? So I um originally I was going over with a girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> and that all went tits up. Yeah. So I'm left with two of tickets and flights and accommodation for yep. two weeks in London and then, you know, a bit of traveling afterwards. But um yeah, I'm left with all this London stuff and I met Sean's wife at um, the petrol station. Yeah. And I just mentioned it. And she goes, "Hey, let's go across." So our good friend Sean Moylet. Um, you know, a few people probably know him that yep, listen yep. to the cast. But um, yeah, so I went, hey, mate, come to the Olympics with me. Hell yeah. So, so when, when was London? To so London was 2012. Yep. Yeah, so July 2012. So um, I had a friend of mine that worked for um, uh, Southern Oz Cross Stereo, I think it was the parent company. Yep. But basically, they look after a lot of the radio stations in Perth. Um, and I just sort of threw the idea out there that um, they were doing a bit of work with um, 92.9. So at the time, was... Uh, Lisa Fernandez, um, I can't remember Paul's name, and Basil Zemplis. Yep. Uh, so Basil was over with Channel 7 on the Olympics. Yep. And they sort of, we set up this idea that they were like left behind in Perth while Basil's running off around the Olympics. Um, so like, screw Basil, let's find our own reporter. And so I got this gig where every morning <laughs> I would be on breakfast radio, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, ringing up and just explaining like the day's events, but also making it like, that we just got absolutely rogue. <laughs> so yeah. like, you know, where we're supposed to be at the year swimming in the Olympics, we're just going around, just talking to people in pubs and just getting the vibe. Did you, did you ham it up when you were over there? Oh, like, big time. I'm a reporter. Big like, time. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, big so time. So what events did you actually go to? Uh, so there? we're actually really fortunate. So um, a lot of people we found out only got like sort of two or three different events. We got, we got eight. Did, did they hook you up with any of them? So, oh, yeah, I had up. one that was hooked up a bit later. It was a diving event. Yep. Um, Boring. Yeah, no, amazing. <laughs> Honestly, <clears> three <throat> 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 of 
Watch me die in part one. Oh, amazing. Like, and this yeah. Russian guy, he was the gold medalist. Of course. And I, I went back and just checked, is he still the gold medalist? Yeah. So no, he is. No, he's right he didn't that, cheat. Nah, so Bullshit. he's right yeah. <laughs> But um, we actually went to the men's final of football. Uh, so there was 90,000 oh, yeah. at Wembley Stadium. It's under 23 in the Olympics, isn't it? It is, yeah. yeah. Um, but one of the funny things about that was, so at the Olympics, the, their major sponsor was Heineken. So everywhere going around, you'd have the guy with a backpack and Heineken, yep. Heineken, Heineken. So Sean and I, we'd be Speaking getting... of good beers. Yeah. <laughs> Sean and I would be grabbing a couple of drinks um, yeah, yeah, everywhere yeah. we sort of went. We, uh, we, get to the, we get to the Olympics and we get to the, um, the, the gold medal game of football you know, in Wembley Stadium. Now, yeah. they had different rules at Wembley Stadium than the rest of the Olympics. And it was all about not being able to drink because, you know, soccer hooligans and all that sort of stuff. We're on here. Yeah, it's not right. hydrogen. No, it's, it's not. not. It's all the butt. I mean, it's only 10.30, so... What happened to the beer sponsors we were going to get anyways? Yeah, I need to hit up some bottlers. Yeah. Yeah. Keep going, mate. Yeah. No, so, so it was, yeah, again, so it was Sean's, Sean's shout to go and buy the drinks, right? So, yeah, yeah we found our seat. We're all set, you know, Wembley Stadium. National Anthem's going on, all that. They're sort of doing their warm-ups. So he goes, look, I'll go down and grab the beers now, and I'll, and I'll come back. Yep, no dramas, right? So we don't have mobile phones or anything because we're, you know, foreign country. So Sean goes off and gets the drinks. Anyway, the game starts. The quickest goal in Olympic history occurs, oh, like shit. 23 seconds. Who was playing, sorry? Mexico and Brazil. Yep. And Mexico scored his goal. Right. Holding on Brazil and that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and Mexico ended up winning it. So anyway, Mexico scored his goal. About five or six minutes later, Sean comes back of like, where have you been? He goes, mate, they wouldn't let me bring the pints back. <laughs> so he's been downstairs sinking pints, two pints, <laughs> getting two pints down, yeah. and he's missed this moment in Olympic history. Oh, no. But um, the other Put great... Beers out of it, yeah, I mean, that's it. And the other great moment we got to see was uh, Sally Pearson. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to see her? her? Yeah. She, she's been around for a while then, yeah. 2012. Yeah. Because she just retired, what, like last year or year before? Uh, well, I think she retired last year. Yeah. Yeah. Because she's not going she to... She won gold, didn't she? She, de- she won gold in London. Hell yeah. yeah. And yeah. London, London's sort of probably going to go down as the one uh, Russia sort of ruined for everyone. Yeah, yeah. Like they won a lot of medals that have since been... Uh, revoked. <laughs> rescinded or whatever yeah, you want to call it. Yeah, yeah, revoked. So the second place winners ended up getting them. And That's um, Jared Talent in the walk for Australia. So yeah. he, he got his London Olympic medal, I think, last year, maybe. Oh, really? Yeah, when they finally... What, where did he process. finish on the day? Second. So second. He, he ends up becoming the gold medalist. Yeah. So eight right. years so later, he got his gold the medal. You, like, you get the whole ceremony and like your yeah. time in the spotlight like I know that shouldn't be what you're competing for yeah. but you still that's your, you well, do all that hard the work the emotion on the day yeah, yeah, even things yeah, like it. as an Olympic gold medalist they produce stamps with your face on it yeah, <laughs> yeah that's so, a stamp so it doesn't no, cares. Cares. no one cares no one stamps yeah. <laughs> no one cares eight years later do they yeah, yeah that's sad, I know some it? of the weightlifting ones in certain weight classes have gone back to like the you know like fourth fifth yeah, right. started getting medals and stuff like that just because obviously that lends itself to being a bit more take some shit Correct. sort of sport <laughs> yeah. um, oh that's sick man so what else have I got down here what have you done so what did you do in between then you said you went to three grand finals I did I was, this is, this is yeah. the ones that are not even working not even working All right, we'll so, get to those a bit later when we talk yeah. about your working so um, obviously I mean our group we weren't massive schooly sort of guys I wouldn't say yeah um, and I just had this thought at the end of year 12, like, you know, rather than do the big schoolies thing and trip away and all that sort of stuff, um, let's sort of stay back, work, turn 18, 
and uh, we hit up the 2005 AFL Grand Final, which yeah, was, was an epic. Yeah, Sydney mm-hmm. West Coast, four one points. of the best ever. Actually, Le- who, who won that one? Sydney, Leo Barry, That's new star. The yeah, yeah That's so a... we were right behind that as it as he comes across uh, visually in front of you. Um, and then we're like, how good is this? Let's back it up again. So yep. 2006, and then the Eagles get up by a point. Yeah, yeah. Probably. And then uh, a few oh, more. that was that was the, the lads, the yes. Eagles lads. Yeah. Get, that's yeah, one thing yeah, you can yeah. count on the Eagles. Good grand final. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. yeah, it's stressful. Okay, so yeah. That, was, <laughs> that was uh like Juddy Cousins Kerr. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And, good team. Um, Hunter yeah, done a big smother season. and yeah, yeah, the whole lot. Next season so. was a really good season too. Well, that's I did. We, we actually <laughs> went to the 2007 grand final. So you did three in a row. Three in a row. Yep. Yeah. That was boring though. Well, to be honest, I actually quite enjoyed it. Like as a Richmond supporter at that point in time. We had no success, and the Geelong people were Richard exactly the same. Oh, no, no, no. Richard sucked, man, so bad. Like, <laughs> ninth so, place. Yeah. known for their ninth just place. Like, just like... Who, who won 2007? Was Geelong. Geelong. Yeah, who so beat? Port Adelaide by what, 100, Adelaide? 100, yeah, 119 points. 19? Yeah. Like, or Why seven. don't I remember that? What year was that? 2007. The biggest grand final margin in history. 2007? I, I, yeah. I was a bit emotional that day. Oh, I, I might have been in England for that one, so I didn't take much notice. Well... It's one of those occasions as well, like, say, for the Geelong supporters, just, like, they'd suffered so much heartbreak, yeah, and so by half-time, they literally knew that they weren't going to lose, but they were that trying to hold in. That would be, yeah. Yeah, 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 like, like you're trying to hold in, like... People said... This, yeah. No, I, I enjoyed it. I laughed up every yeah, single yeah, minute yeah. of that yeah. game. Just trying to a bit like, like you guys would have been last so year, just enjoying every exactly. single kick and goal. Yeah. Was that um, the biggest... Uh, defeat in Grand Final. Yeah, must it was. Be. So, but you see the dejected Port Adelaide supporters. Literally, some of them left a quarter time. Yeah, <laughs> like you just go. Who was in the top team back then? Oh, my Burgoyne, Boy, uh, yeah. Burgoyne brothers, both. And, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, I can't even yeah. remember them being half good. Yeah, that, they finished on top of uh, a lot because I, I think the Eagles were the other really good team that year. Yeah. And they just sort of dropped the wave. Yeah. Didn't yeah. They? So, so, you, so you've gone, yeah, like three, three in a row, three Grand Finals in a row, and then. And then you went to the London Olympics. Yes. In there as well. Yeah. Anything else that I've missed out on? Uh, not sort of... Oh, I've done like EPL games. I, I did a trip through... Oh, that was 2013, I suppose. What is, so, what is EPL like? So, uh, so I was... I'm a huge Everton supporter. Yep. See, you never ever hear that. Yeah. So he's got a team. I'm so, surprised about that. Because you know, is this I, the I, Tim Cahill factor? I was big or Everton for Timmy Cahill, but I could like... Since I never hear anyone say they go to Everton. It's, it's useless. The reason, Arsenal, Man United, yeah. you know, it's never. No one goes to Everton. Yeah, so well, I picked Everton. So um, when I was when I was younger, I had a girlfriend, and her mum was from Liverpool, and she followed Everton. Anyway, I'd be staying over the night time, and the mum would be up all night screaming and carrying on. And it was um, Tim Kay was obviously playing, but Lucas Neal was also playing for Everton at that season. Oh, yeah, Lucas and Neal. she'd be like screaming oh, and carrying yeah, on. Yeah, that's the man. Yeah. So I'd be like, stuff this. It's like two o'clock in the morning. I can't sleep. Like, let's go do a bit of bonding with the mother. Yep. So I've gone out there and just, just fell in love with Everton. They're like, they're one of those clubs. I mean, as you'll know, yep. they're the only club in the EPL that's not owned outright by someone. Okay, really? So, like, there's a chairman, there's a major shareholder, but he doesn't 100% own the club. So yep. they, the, the, the mantra is the people's club, and yep. that's, that's Everton. Um, Oh, you're, so, winning, you're winning me over. Yeah, here. so then the first, <laughs> so the first game I went to is um, I, I've been paying a membership, an international membership for 
Oh, since 2010, I reckon, for Everton. Just like, why though? Because, well, because again, people's club. Like, that, yeah. It's, it's funny, Everton's very money. much like the old school Geelong and Richmond too. Yeah, so, yeah. Pays yeah. for a membership. So, you also pay a Bulldogs membership, don't you? I do, yeah. And a Green As Bay in Canterbury Packers. Bulldogs yeah. and Green Bay Packers. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Sure <laughs> but, um, the first game yeah, I went no. to the EPL was, um, it was uh, at, I went to uh, Goulson Park. It was round one in 2012. Yep. And uh, was Everton versus Manchester United? Hell this yeah. isn't that. Yeah. 2012. Is that Cristiano? Ah, uh, so he played, and Rooney was playing. It was actually, and Van Persie debuted for United that night. Wow. Um, anyway, games some talent. Games of war. Uh, so I'd get tickets. I've um, can't can't buy tickets. It's, you know, it's impossible. So I just thought, you know what? Fortune favors the brave. Just give them a call. So I've rung Everton, and I'm like, hey, look, I'm coming over. I'm from Australia, international member, rah rah. Mate, they couldn't have looked after me better. So they're going, yeah, yeah. That's just so bought, good. Hey, I'm going to buy this ticket. And they're like, yeah, but we're going to invite you to this lunch. So Sean and I went to this lunch. So like, this is when you're over there yeah, for the at Goulson well. Park. Yeah, so like two yep. weeks after the EPL started. Yeah. Uh, yeah, went to this lunch. They gave us Everton jerseys with our name and a number like on the Dude. back. Like we went and got those. That's a fan for life. Sort yeah. Of shit, though, and like, like, and Everton get up one nil with like three minutes to play. Flaney yes. scores. It's just unbelievable, you know. Who scored? Ah, Flaney. That Yeah, So every, all the evidence supporters, they don't really like him too much because obviously he left yeah, and went to United. But oh, it was good for me. Cause, yeah, well, <laughs> as a collector of memorabilia, I went and bought the Flaney sign. Everything yeah, really yeah. cheap because I was like, I always love you, mate. So, yeah. yeah. But then uh, I've done a bit of NBA, done NHL. What uh, NBA games? I've actually, so I was very lucky to go to... Uh, the Staples Center and saw uh, Kobe play so this for the is Lakers. Like, so he was going to not even bring this up. And, yeah, and right. that's, like, that's the biggest <laughs> one he just said. Like, that's, that's, all of this <laughs> shit. And he's like, oh, you've seen Kobe play as well. So you've seen Rooney. Don't worry about the grand finals, man. You've seen like, Tim Cahill, yeah. uh, <laughs> Cristiano. Yeah. You've seen Olympics. Yeah, yeah. This, this could have been my life had I not had two. Dude, man. Yeah. <laughs> no shit. And then he's like, oh, yeah, I've done the old uh, Staples Center, Kobe Bryant. All right, talk me yeah. through Kobe. So, Obviously, um, it's um, big on everyone's mind at the moment. So, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll admit, growing up, it wasn't. I wasn't a huge, huge like basketball nuffy or anything. Like knew the players and yep. you know Jordan and all the Bulls and all that sort of stuff. Yep. Charles Barkley, so, any of the players from Space Jam. When, like, we were real, when we were real young, basketball was nineties basketball like, shit hot. And yeah. then yeah, it it took a big dive. I don't think it was on TV as much here. There no. wasn't really like you didn't have the cards and stuff that, either. After that Jordan yeah, after the basketball era, so we were sort of. Too, even too young for Jordan yeah. like, we, were, we were born in 87 Troy or 86 yeah. so Jordan had sort of like by the time he had finished <laughs> he'd go and play well, baseball I'm wearing the shirt now <laughs> so 96 was when they like finished their, their second three peak yeah. I'm pretty that's sure that's year four for us yeah 91, yeah. 92, 93 I think it's about yeah 96 has died didn't it yeah so yeah. we're in we're in nine you know what I mean so that's sort of like the late 90s to early 2000s, like you go through it and you're like, yeah, Kobe was there, but there wasn't really, I don't not know. The same thing. Not the same. Not yeah. now. Like no, now it's now. hitting its straps, man. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. So yeah, went to the stable sound and uh, it was the Clippers versus the Lakers. And so the Clippers were dog shit back then, I bet. No, Clippers. Oh, was this Blake Griffin, Chris Paul? Yeah. Clippers get ah. So man, how do you get this game? Seriously, it was actually the first like, time. Man, United, Everton, they got Clippers, Lakers. Yeah, they beat them. So Clippers got up, and um, I mean, Kobe scored twenty five points, but Clippers got that was, up. Um, Lob City, Lob City. Yeah, it was the first time they won the divisional championship in 
heck of a amount of time. Well, stupid me though. So what, what year? Sorry, what year? Uh, 2013. Yeah, so the Lakers were good then. Yeah, they had a bit. They of had a, a bad. They had a bit of a slump then when it was like Kobe and no one. Like and the yeah. Williams, yeah, so Lamar Odom. Everyone was on the Clippers. <laughs> Stupid me. So when, when I go international events, if I don't follow the team, the key is follow the home team, right? Yeah. Just it's the safest option. Yeah. Well, who was the home team that night though? Well, <laughs> I bought tickets tickets to the Los Angeles Clippers versus the Los Angeles oh, Lakers. No. Right? Or, uh, sorry, the Lakers versus the Clippers, sorry. Mm-hmm. So in Australia, obviously, home team is listed first. So I went and kidding myself out in Lakers, Lakers gear. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone else around me, Clippers. Because <laughs> oh, <laughs> Clippers ain't game. <laughs> so that was awesome. Well, the the but everyone was really cool. And like, I suppose because it was the LA team, like, it's no different Eagles and Dockers over I, here. I'd say you'd, you'd that, been at Richmond games and get yeah, told yeah. to oh, sit down and shut up. And yeah, then, definitely. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't really like a big cheer or anything, but yeah. yeah so, so um, what did, but, was Kobe like? He scored 25 points that night. But yeah, my, highlight was, um, my highlight was actually walking in. So I, I'm not like a massive like R&B fan or like music fan or whatever. Yep. And uh, all these people are just like crowding around, like trying to get photos with this guy, like walking in or whatever. Yep. And uh, and he was doing no photos. Like, I just, no idea, he's walking through. Anyway, I'm just like, hey mate, yeah, I'm from Australia. Like, can I grab a photo? No idea right, who it is. <laughs> so he's like, yeah man, I do it for my Australian fans. So bang the picture through, yeah. Throwing it up on Facebook. Hey, does anyone know who this is? Will I am. <laughs> <laughs> You're a little bit, eh? <laughs> See, how does this happen to people? This is like your brother yeah, man, has like... a good story about um, bumping into the rock. Yeah. Dude, that's a great story too. Yeah. Don't get started. His brother his brother could come on the podcast <laughs> and have the same sort of chats as well. Jeez. But he's like a big wrestling guy. Yeah, yeah. right. And yeah, bumped into the rock. He's, like, and yeah, he, it's he, a good story. Yeah, yeah Bradley, did, Bradley did one with Hulk Hogan. Like, he team, he met like his bodyguard yeah, or something that ends up like when they're in Perth. I don't or, know how they do it. Like, yeah. I don't know how he's doing it. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome, man. So, so yeah, you've seen, Jeez, so you've got to say that's, to me, they're, they're, they're the, big, the best athletes you've seen. Yeah. Uh, Kobe, yeah. like in terms of world, Kobe, Cristiano. Yeah. Um, oh, unlucky, not- unlucky not to see like, oh, Brazil. Who was Brazil at the Olympics? Anyone half decent? Because oh, they're under 23s, aren't they? They could be now. <laughs> yeah, they could be now. Yeah, they could so, be playing now. Yeah. yeah. Who, who's the best then? If you had to, who's the who is the standout athlete? Oh, standout. Athlete. Let's look from an <coughs> athlete point yeah, of view as well. Yeah, just pure athlete. Yeah. Well, I spoke. I went to the 2017 Tour de France. Yeah. So I went to the final stage of that. Um, and Chris, <laughs> just bring, <laughs> that yeah, yeah, bring that up as well. So the best. Yeah. So the best athlete. I think that the best athlete uh, are those cyclists. Yeah. Uh, and Chris Froome won yep. that day. So... Pommy do it, eh? Yeah, Pommy, yep. yeah. So, for me, he's probably the... Really? Yeah, like, I don't know. It's just it's crazy. Like, but like, the Tour de France is one of those things, like, it's insane. Oh, you know? yeah. Like, two weeks, just on your bike, through mountains, and, like, yeah. just all, like... It, it, it's I don't a really get, test, I don't really you know? get around that as much as I probably should, because I, I sort of... I do like my endurance sports, and I yeah. feel like that sort of flies under the radar. It's just, ah, oh, it's just dudes riding bikes. Mm. But you see, like... People how get into it so hard. Though. My hard step that those hills are, and how long those guys go for. Yeah, it is pretty crazy, and it just sort of just 
I don't know, you see it on, it used to be SBS. It still is. Still is. <laughs> yeah. And you see it and you're like, yeah, these dudes will be riding for the next fucking month or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, this year's yeah. actually a big year because if you, if for anyone about to have children, <laughs> if you time it correctly and the birth of your child, you can roll straight from the Tour de France into the Olympics. <laughs> oh, okay. Yep, <laughs> so yep, you can yep. get, if you get your timings right. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. All right. So anything else that we've, uh, we've missed there? Um, I've done like, I mean, I've been, oh, actually one of the coolest things I've done, it's a bit, again, it's underrated and you wouldn't think about it is, um, I went to the semi-finals of Gaelic football at Croke Park. So oh, fuck yeah. this is, uh, Kildare. That'd be off its lid. Oh, unreal. Like this was Kildare versus Armair and I was really lucky. So with my work for West Coast, we had an international player by the name of Paddy Brophy that played for Kildare. Yep. Now to describe Kildare, it would be like, it'd be like going for the Gold Coast Suns. <laughs> okay. So like no one's like no, falling, no one's does, falling so. there, you know. Like so it was unreal like to actually meet these other people and they're just like, how are you from Australia? Following like out like everyone goes for Dublin or you know yep. like Tyrone the big counties like how are you following Kildare so that was really cool to like have that little niche. I suppose it's like Everton you know it's like that little niche yeah, yeah, sort yeah. of team that you have. Um, but yeah, just like the fact that they're amateur athletes. And like they're expected to keep a professional standard, it's just unbelievable, yep. you know. But you know, when you say amateur athletes, like that's they're amazing. pretty well looked after. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. amazing with those Gaelic footy players coming to the AFL though. Like, yeah. how many of them have not succeeded? Not, oh, hundred percent, unbelievable. And then you get the flip side. Are. You get like the Ty Canellis. You get the is Zach it Connor Mac, uh, McKenna from Essendon? What do you, what yeah, do you reckon they struggle with? Is it more just the professionalism, the, the fact that they have to... Sunburn. <laughs> Sunburn. <laughs> the funny thing is that their foot skills are probably elite, elite and they use a different ball. Yeah. So yeah. that's the weirdest thing. Like They, oh, they okay. use a round ball, but somehow yeah. they're... So at Croke Park, they play... Ireland used to play test matches there, right, as well? Right, for rugby. Rugby? Uh, so they I've did play... i So Croke Park is the Gaelic football ground. They okay. did play test matches there because they've got another stadium, which is a Viva Stadium. Yep. Um, so that's their rugby, rugby okay, field yeah. there. So what... Like, but there's a bit of conjecture with that. Was the atmosphere just off its lid? Oh, I, I believe it. Like, Irish, Irish dudes in general. 100%. Lick it up. Yeah, 100%. All the Guinness, all the whiskey. Correct, yeah. Fuck yeah. Jameson Fly and and it's like it's one of those things. Ireland's just if anyone's been on like it's just so relaxed. I haven't. Eh? Like, I didn't get it, over it's there. It's just so chilled. Like everything's just like oh whatever. Like say over here in Australia, you've got all regulations about how close the seats oh, can be together. And like ah, get, just don't get me started you know? on regulations. Yeah. Oh, rules, yeah. eh? Rules yeah. for the sake of rules over here. But I've been very lucky. Like I love to do a stadium tour. Like yeah. even if there's no event on, mm-hmm. I just love to go. And just check out the actual stadiums. Yeah, we did, we did the MCG, we did, which is yeah. pretty standard. Yeah. Um, so that's the 10th biggest stadium Well, the, M- the, the MCC tour. Yep. So it's through the cricket club and all the old memorabilia and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Which I'll encourage, if anyone goes to Melbourne, last week they actually reopened uh, the National Sports Museum, rebranded as the Australian Sports Museum. Actually, we did that as well. Yeah, so they just rebranded it. It's all interactive. It's all for kids. Where is, is that? At the MCG. It is, eh? Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah it's like downstairs from like the club rooms. Correct. It's complete, completely revamped. Yeah. And go and check out my plans of Australia too at the museum. Yeah? <laughs> Correct. They're yeah. yours. They're mine. Yeah. yeah. So this, like, is, this is leading into, Yeah. <laughs> oh, actually, well, we'll get to sports memorabilia oh. now. So there's there's part of your sports memorabilia. So run us through that. That is the, the sketches for the... I'm useless at this shit. The sketches for the 
yacht. Yes. That we won the America's Cup. Correct. With. Correct. Yes. So how did you come about finding um, them? So this, uh, this auction house uh, was Moss Green at the time. I think they've rebranded to Sotheby's or they've they've been taken over by them um, now. They um, actually held a deceased estate sale of um, Ben Lexon, who was the chief designer, and Alan Bond, who obviously everyone yep. in West Australia would know who Alan Bond is, yep. uh, who paid for the whole thing. Uh, they held the deceased estate sale uh, of, of all their property. Uh, so some really, really cool items there, like all Bondi's paintings and all that wow. sort of stuff. And a lot of stuff from Ben Lexon. Um, anyway, there was a few lots uh, related to the Australia too that were for sale. Uh, there was a major lot which had 132 drawings, which included the wing keel and like all the final sort of stuff. And I, I think that sold for like 100,000 or 132,000 or something like it was massive. Like, um, anyway, mine, uh, there was, there was another lot that had 15 drawings, which is the one just prior to the last lot. Yeah. And then there was my lot, which when it's branded, so mine is prior to the boat being named. Yep. So at the time when it was being designed and all that sort of stuff, and if anyone's ever watched the documentaries on how they did that and how the secrecy of that, um, definitely check it out. So mine was branded America's Cup Challenger 1983. Yep. As we know, Australia won the America's Cup in 1983. So I've seen this lot and they've rebranded the wrong thing. And a lot of the people that were going there, they weren't really checking out the actual lots. So they're just getting the paper, like they're just getting the um, you know, the, the, the lot listings. Yep. Just going through them. Oh yeah, that's Australia too. That's Australia. And not actually going to do the viewing. Yep. So I went and did the viewing when I sort of seen that and went, oh, okay. Pulled it up and there it was, the Australia too. Along the, along the side of it as well, it was, um, it was written Lloyd's Register. So Lloyd's Register is the company worldwide that basically insure boats. So yep. any any sort of big boat, those million dollar you know yachts and all that stuff, they insure it. And um, they had to obviously get the Australia Two insured so they could take it to the next level and that. So I've grabbed the number off, done the search in Lloyd's Register, and it matched up. So because you do the viewing one day yes. and then you yes. the option the next day, um, I didn't pay anywhere near what like those sort of prices, obviously. Um, but you know, I've paid a little bit for it. And yeah, a couple of years ago, um, I knew about the MCG going to redevelop their museum. And for me, it was one of those things that like, okay, yes, I own it. But for me, Australia owns it. Yep. You know, Australia owns oh, this boat. He's a noble boy. <laughs> um, in, in Western Australia, obviously, we have the boat at the Maritime Museum. And the other plans and items were actually... You say, obviously, like, we should know that. But uh, <laughs> I don't know that. Well, we do, yeah. So the yeah. Maritime Museum in Fremantle has the Australia 2 yacht. Yeah. And obviously, it was... And it was from yeah. the Fremantle Yacht Club. Yeah. Oh no, sorry, it was Royal Perth Yacht Club was the yep, yep, actual yep. place that the boat was registered. So um, the Maritime Museum bought the other lots. Yeah. And as I understand it, you don't do it for no. Well, as I understand, nah, they got the they got the like they got the big ones and all that yep. stuff. But they've got the boat, and as I understand it, they don't share a whole lot yep. uh, of stuff out. You know, because it's like ours and we don't have a whole lot in West Australia. So yep. it's ours and those big museums and sort of stuff. So I bought it and my little, you know, plans. Um, I actually bought the plans and this book called The Theory of Wing Sections, which was the book that Ben Lexon used to design. Yeah, because I suppose here. like the design is huge. Isn't like it? it's, like, it's yeah. yeah, just like flying through water. 
Yeah, so, like the so it, it would be similar to Formula One. Like you can't really give away your secrets. Correct. Because then people can just be like, "Well, we'll build the same thing." Exactly. And the Americans had no idea really when when we won that America's Cup about what we were doing. What and, regulations do they have in that? Do you know? Like I don't know much about fucking. Oh, it's it's changed. Honest, it's changed so much. I mean, at the time it was like a twelve meter yacht and sort of little yeah. basic things. Now they're these things that don't even sit in the water. They just literally have yeah, like the keel and they're like flying. Things, yeah, eh? it's. Yeah. yeah, they're crazy. But um, yeah, so I bought the book and uh, the plans, and That's yeah, crazy. contacted the MCG and said, "Hey, I've got these," and they jumped out, and they're currently on loan at the MCG Museum for the next. Mate, three you should years. make them rent them off you. Oh, Get your oh, money back. Mate, when it's when it's teamed up next to Michelle Payne's Melbourne Cup and Kathy Freeman's suit, Dude. they're probably not paying the loan. <laughs> <money. laughs> I'll be like, I need. Hundred bucks a year, and well, it's got your name on it. It's got your name on it. So when oh, you nice. go there, it's got yeah, online, Martin Davis. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. So I was like, I'll, I'll take that. Yeah, yeah. that's mad. Yeah, uh, what that's other memorabilia do you have? So that's that's a random one. That that's yeah, crazy. That, that's pretty random. Um, I mean, outside of sporting memorabilia, yeah. um, I've got um, like oh, like in terms of outside that Australia two one, I've got some like obviously a bunch of signed jumpers and, and that yeah. sort of stuff. But I like to get items that. Are sort of a little bit quirky and cool. Um, Richo socks. Richo socks. So how many pairs of Richo socks do you just, have? Just the one. Back pair. in the day, you would have swore he stole them off Richo's they gave him clothesline. To me. He gave them to me. That he was that much of a Richardson fan. <laughs> yeah, we a big Richo. Oh man. Oh, one thing man. I remember about Richo, I saw <laughs> him. At, I saw him at the airport one day, and he was checking out my bloody sister. Eh? Oh really? Yeah. 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 What quirky ones have you got then? Uh, I've got. Um, so obviously my granddad gave, um, carried the Olympic flame, so I've got his uh, Olympic bronze medal and the actual canister that carried the flame. We don't get to keep the torch. Wait, wait, wait. He won an Olympic medal? So, yeah. All of the Olympic... <laughs> he didn't win it, so all of the Olympic oh, torch okay. bearers got given Olympic uh, bronze medal. I'll be like, give me a couple. Oh, no. Right. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so that goes a little bit. Um, That's cool. I've got uh, Matt Prittis, um, when I was lucky yep. enough to work at the Eagles, Brownlow medalist. Correct. He gave me a pair of his match-worn boots. Yep. So I've got those all, all signed up. I ran against him at uh, True Grit last year. He, oh, did you? He, he beat me. Yeah, did he? Yeah. <laughs> he's, he, he loves that stuff. Yeah, like, yeah, he's yeah, probably he's, one of my most favourite I think he, I think he came what a, third or what something. What a champ, yeah. 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 And yeah. such a humble man. You know, he came off the building site, through the rookie list and everything yeah. like that. Uh, I've got a Jordan signed basketball. <laughs> uh, Muhammad Ali glove. Signed? Um, yeah, yeah. Shut signed. Up. What? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, how much do these go for? Like, you, you just, just go on further. You ever just check how much they go for? I know you, uh, you oh, don't the, care. The, Ali's probably gone up a little. I, I don't know. I mean, Ali signed a lot of stuff. I'm very lucky. Mine's from about 1992. And so you've got all the um, like certificates yeah, of... Yeah, fuck, yeah. So it's all authenticated. Yeah. But mine's from 92, so the signature's quite lengthy, sort of before Parkinson's really took over. Yep. It was quite a nice signature. Uh, I've got, yeah, Jordan signed ball. Yeah. Um, Oh, yeah, everyone sort of kicked in. That's what they got me for my 30th. Well, that's I said, sick. you don't buy it, I'll buy it myself, so I know it's all where to get it from the right place. Uh, but one of the big things I've gotten into now is um, I've gotten into footy cards. So, footy cards. Dude, footy cards are coming they're back. They're coming mate. back. I was talking so, about this basketball card basketball stuff the other day. Are, I've yeah. got a whole stack of them at home, yeah. like in perfect condition yeah. at my grandma's. I've got to go check them out. Heaps. If anyone follow, follows Gary V and listens to yeah, his podcast, he reckons that they're pulling like guys that are, like Giannis is sort of what four years into his career has gone up like you know ten times, fifteen times, twenty times. People are just making like you're pulling grands out of these cards and stuff. Like yeah. That. yeah, I need you just sort of need to get your head around and know what to buy. And Correct. Really put yeah, your there's, money yeah. Out. there's a lot of junk out there. Yeah, um, yeah. And, but, but yeah, so I collect 
specifically signature football cards. Yep. Uh, and licensed signature football cards of West Coast and Richmond. Yep. Uh, I've got every West Coast Eagle signature ever produced. So, oh, Australian yeah. football cards only started in 1994 in terms yep. of the signature high-end you saw ones with a company called Select. Yep. Um, if anyone's ever checked out ESPN, there was a documentary, uh, Cardboard Addicts, and it goes through the history of sports cards in Australia. So, yep. if you're looking for something to kill an hour or so, jump on and check it out. Um, yeah, and yeah, so the most complete collection of West Coast Eagles, and I think I'm about four off the Richmond ones. What are the... What are the- what are the boys like? Do they collect their own cards? Yes. Well, a, a couple of them do. And, and, and it's, like, it's one of those things, like when you chat to the footballers, like they just sign them and like, they don't give a second thought to them. So I've been very lucky you know, in my role that um, you know, having those sort of relationships with the players yep. that I've been able to... Um, Sort of explain to them about the car, and mate, I'm telling you, they're all they're all quite interested now. Yeah. Like, oh, what, what do I go for on eBay? Or what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You know? Well, I suppose yeah. like the boys are still playing, so it's a, it's not it's an afterthought. Well, really, like, when yeah. they when they finish up, correct. That's when it's like, oh wait. So some of the cards are quite rare as well. Like some of the ones that aren't signed. There's some numbered cards, yep. uh, particularly the Rising Star. So if you're a young player, you win a Rising Star animation. They sell a Rising Star card for a 24 hour period only. And yeah. that's and however they sell, I mean they sell to it's fifty. They only produce fifty cards. So any wow. player that I work with that has that card, I'll go and purchase the card yep. and then give it to them and say, hey, stick this in the drawer. You know, when you get to fifty, you're gonna love it. That's you know, sick. so. What, what, I mean. So what would be the, the, the best card you've got or the one that you like the most? Well, or? I had the... So there was a, a series of football cards released last year. Yep. Uh, the box sold for 500 bucks and there was 10 cards in the box. Wow. I managed to locate the Mark Lacraz 01 of 25 card. Yep. Picked it up for two grand and sold it for 3200 <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> so we're not... Footy yeah, cards are going for that much. Yeah, the high-end footy cards can Jeez. get that sort of... Um, the the is that one is that the, like the old school ones? No, like that was last year. But the old school ones in 1996, they did eight signature cards of the first inductees of legends into the Australian Football Hall of Fame. Yeah, I've been lucky enough to get Jack Dyer, which is Richmond's one, and I've subsequently got the other three legends Richmond have. But one of those Jack Dyers, I mean, I could ring someone today, and I would have no dramas getting three grand for it. Yeah, like they're. There's 110 produced. They're from 1996. Yeah, he's passed away. Yeah. So, right, yeah, cards. It's one of those things. Like everyone looks at you. It's a bit nerdy. It's a bit geeky. But no, nah, but uh, man, yeah. cards were huge when we were growing up. Like we all, yeah. we they're all coming back. Cards. They're all coming back. I remember doing those. Um, I remember you used to have like the full thing way quicker than everyone. Like the um, the stickers. Remember the stick, were they stickers? Sticker books, and you yeah. like put the player in the sticker <laughs> yeah. in the in the book yeah. and you gotta like collect the whole team. That's right. Well I was lucky because following Richmond I was the only one, so everyone was happy to trade. Yeah. <laughs> so I was happy to put my team. And there's one thing I remember is like <laughs> used to always have all the players like and they would have like from full back, back pockets, yep. they'd have like the positions, you yeah. get the stickers and stick them in, right? Something like Correct. that. Correct. Yeah. That's right. I remember yeah. that. Alright, that right. that's crazy. What what other memorabilia do you have? So you've got Jordan. Um, I've got. I mean, it's not. It's not sports related. Um, and there's about to be a. Um, there's about to be a, a write up released on it. I've been working on it for about two years. So yep. it's going sort of off track a little bit. Sport, but I think it's pretty cool. Uh, it's yep. Australian history. So my oh, go off track as you want. On the podcast, <laughs> yeah. right? you hear the last so one? Jeez. My, um, <laughs> my grandfather 
He, uh, oh, my great grandfather, sorry. We used to have a farm uh, in Greta in uh, Victoria, sort of near Wangaratta, yep. uh, Kelly Country. Right? Yep. And at the time, um, you know, sort of wartime and that, my great grandfather on that side of the family didn't go to war. Uh, they actually stayed because they ran the post office, the telephone exchange, and uh, they had a dairy farm. Yeah. Um, so, you know, milking the cows and that. And um, as it came to be, around the area lived Ned Kelly's youngest brother. Now, Ned Kelly was sort of hung in the 1800s. Everyone knew that. But he was only sort of in his 20s. So we're talking like 1915, 1916, which from 1888 is not a whole lot of yeah, actual time. Yeah. It looks it looks 1800s, 1900s. It looks like, yeah. but it's actually not a whole lot of time. So Ned Kelly's youngest brother, um, he was only around like five or six years old when Dan and Ned were out, you know, running through doing and their doing their horse out. So he lived quite an old age. I think he died um, age about 85 or 86. Uh, his name is Jim Kelly. Yep. Because of, um, because of my great-grandfather's sort of knowing in the community and doing all that sort of stuff, uh, they became you know, close, close-ish, I guess. So old Jim would come on the white horse uh, to the fence post yep. and uh, they built up a relationship and that. Um, and traditionally, the Kellys weren't the most educated of people uh, going around the district. Um, hey, watch your mouth, bro. Yeah, they, well, they weren't. <laughs> and, come and, for you. So um, there was another man, in the, which is a lesser-known guy within the gang called Joseph Byrne. Now, yeah. everyone knows there's a letter that Ned Kelly you know, wrote and said, oh, I have done these crimes and I want this money and they just leave us alone and rah, rah, like a confessional sort of thing. It's called the Drillery Letter and it's held by the State Library in Victoria after it was obtained from the Victorian police. Um, that was actually written by Joseph Byrne because he was the smart one. He was the literate one. Yeah. And it it's becoming more and more sort of understood that, or sort of believed that Joseph actually was the one that came up with the idea of the suits. But... Ned and you bought the plans for the suit. No, 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 no. <laughs> Ned actually, so Ned actually just took the idea and ran with it and sort of the last Glenn Rowan siege and all that sort of stuff, Joseph didn't want to get on board with that because he thought it was a crap idea to derail this train full of police officers and anyway, the rest is history. Well, a couple of years ago, my father rediscovered something that was given to him by my great-grandfather that was given by Jim Kelly. Now, we didn't sort of take any notice of it and all that sort of stuff at the time. So what happened was Jim Kelly gave this letter to my great-grandfather and the writing is all old scripture and all that sort of stuff and he asked him to rewrite it and correct any spelling. So great-grandfather's done the right thing. So his name was Leo. So Leo's done the right thing. Rewritten the, the letter. Yep, here you go, Jim. Here's the rewritten copy and <laughs> kept the original. <laughs> Not under any malice or anything like that. Yeah. Just kept the original. So yep. Old Jim Kelly's happy or gone away, whatever. So the original stayed with um, with, uh, with Leo, yep. Yeah. And uh, it was around, you know, just before I was born, so I believe my parents told me it was like 85, 86, that they were having a conversation with um, with Pop Leo about, you know, knowing Ned Kelly. It's always been one of those stories in our family history. And, yeah, like, they we, shit well, they looked, after, they looked <laughs> after the Kelly's horses and, like, yeah, all this sort yeah, of shit, yeah, right? Yeah, you always hear that. So, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So anyway, um, they're talking with Pop Leo and he comes out and gives this letter to my dad. So yeah, anyway, um, we've always had the letter and just said, oh, I'll keep this with this book. So yeah, folded it up, kept this in the book. We've moved to Western Australia, sat in the teachers. Recently, my parents have been going through and downsizing a whole bunch of stuff and refound this letter. So it's sat in this teachers wow, yeah. since like 1992. I opened it up and I've gone, 
oh my god do you know what this is and no no one's any idea i'm like this is dead set fact and it's been confirmed by um couple of different museums and I've got a girl in Tasmania currently doing a piece on it that's a massive fan of Joseph Byrne. It is the written confession of the murder of the police officers at Stringy Bark Creek. Shit. So if anyone knows what Stringy Bark Creek is, quite I'm, I'm pretending iconic. to do, but it's I don't a, know. Iconic, it's basically the moment that they became outlaws <laughs> yep, and yep, why, yep. They, why they were hung. Yep. Um, and there's lots and lots of reading and books and once the piece comes out, I'm more than happy to share it. I'm more than happy Hell to show yeah. yeah, just sort of share the, the letter and the like. You can check out my Instagram and I've got the signature of Joseph Byrne. But it's one of four known signatures. Yeah. Um, this, um, like, this dude, hey, just comes across random shit like well, this. Sotheby's have auctioned estimate at $30,000. Fuck! <laughs> so that's my Did you be like, Mum and Dad, can I just have... Well, like, well, they just gave it to me. I'm like, I just said, look, let me just run with the research of it. And yeah, like, honestly, like, yes, I, I, I contacted Sotheby's. Never actually told how much it's worth. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I had no idea. Like, I contacted Sotheby's and I thought, oh, maybe 1000 bucks, Maybe. You know, yeah. like if it's like real and all that. No idea it was so it won't be auctioned. Yeah, <laughs> um, no, it'll, no, no. it'll be online to uh, a museum in the future. So, so the Surely like there's that. a Ned Kelly museum. Oh, there's many. Yeah, there's yeah, heaps. Yeah. So uh, I'm leaning towards the, the Beechworth Museum, which was the place where they uh, they went when they were arrested yeah. uh, in uh, in um, Glen Rowan. And then they were transported to Melbourne from there. That's my that's my memorabilia. So memorabilia. What do you have? That's what I was about to say. Let's let's run through just how. Like I've got some old rugby league cards. I've got some Mal Meningas. I've got some Wally Lewis. Now I looked them up on eBay. They're worth like six bucks. Like six bucks is six bucks. You can turn six into twelve. I've kept them in those little, you know, like the keep case things. Yep. Still got them in there. Perfect. The case is going for some like some Laurie Daly, Brad Fitless, those sort of things. Yeah. Saying that none of them are dead yet. So that's the key. That's the key. I've got a Wally Lewis. He'll probably be the first to go, but still, hopefully, a couple of decades away. Yeah. Um. What else have I got? I don't have any of my basketball cards anymore. I don't think my brother does either. Drumstick. So yeah, I've got a bit of memorabilia. band memorabilia. I've Bands a, are cool. I've got a Millen Collin drumstick, which is not just a regular one. It's actually got like the logo on it, um, which I'm sure you can probably buy, but it was like thrown out. Metro City grabbed it, dacked it. Yeah, so game, it's like game a, used. Yeah, oh yeah, it's used. It's, <laughs> it's used. Um, I've got a pick as well from that same concert. Yep. It's actually just on the whiteboard at the gym. Oh, is it? Yeah. I, didn't know I don't know why it's there, but it's like... <laughs> Blue tacked on the whiteboard and it's just stayed there. Uh, what else have I got? I've got a I got a set list from Anti Flag. That's huge. Anti Flag set list, a body jar set list. What would be your oh, dream right. item? Like if you could go something okay. like. Oh man, I'd probably go something like a a, a JT kicking tee or something. Yeah. JT kicking cool. tee. I don't know. A, a dream Mine item. Might have to be a music memorabilia one. I reckon. Yeah. Oh, I've got a um, I've got a picture of. Um, it would be against the West Indies. Dad was in Adelaide and he got Justin Langer to sign. Oh, I have to find where it is. He got Justin Langer to sign something that said, like, to Andrew, best wishes. And it's a picture of Mark Taylor taking, like, a one-handed grab yep. um, in the slips. And yep. it's, like, a, a good quality picture that they just had at the bar and he so was signing them. So pictures, they, mate, pictures are so underrated. I, I love pictures. That. I don't even know I love signed pictures. Um, and I've got a jersey from, it's only got half the Maroons when they were killing it. So it would have been 2008. Yeah. 
So I need to go and get like who actually signed it because half the team was in, I was working in the Canterbury store in Brisbane at the time. Oh, yeah. Half the team was in the mall and half the team was in the shop. Yeah. So they were, you could only really get, unless you went out of your way, but I didn't. Um, you could only really get half the team to sign it, but so there's Camp Smith, Inglis, Thurston, Cronk, like the who's who of Queensland in the last decade um, had signed it. And it's the, it was the anniversary, would have been the 25th anniversary State of Origin jersey. Yeah. So I had the kangaroo huge. logo on it. Yeah, huge. Yeah, um, so I've got that. Is that the same year? Is that 2008? Is that the same well, year? that's when I was in rugby, Brisbane, so it must have, yeah. Rugby, rugby. rugby League is 100 years old that year, I think. It, uh, maybe that's Maybe that's what it is. And it's got the little kangaroo logo instead of like the Queensland. So I reckon logo. I've got the New South Wales one that has that logo like on the jersey somewhere. Yep. Yeah. 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 And that year in the test matches, they wore the old. Um, the Reds actually wore it on the weekend. Um, the because Australia just used to be New South Wales and Queensland yeah, that's when right. it came to rugby. <laughs> um, even though it was Union and League, um, just it was maroon and uh, sky blue hoops. Yeah, huge. They remember they wore that in that test match. Uh, where fucking Gaznia, no, English threw it back to Gaznia over his head yep. in the in goal. They were wearing that jersey in that year, so I think that was the same year, 2008. Mm. So yeah, I've got that. That's getting on got. now. That's, I mean, we're 2020. Yeah, no, that's getting on. And dude, it's just you know? sat. Like, I've got all these things I need to get framed, like jerseys. Oh. Um, I've got, yeah. I just, I just remember that I've got, uh, I haven't talking got about any this. of them framed, man. Like, I should get So one. I wanted to get a couple of my rep jerseys framed, and they're yeah. just sitting in the cupboard. Yeah. yeah, I still got one just sitting there. I got because I um, I went to a Cats game when I was about twelve, thirteen. In uh, it would have been Subi or would have been maybe before Subi. It would have been at the Wacken maybe. Yo. Um, and uh, had Ronnie Burns on the back. Oh, oh that was Ronnie. Player. <laughs> Yo. There's no way And um, this guy that was sitting next to us was just the leader of like the Perth Cats, like. I don't know what what he does there, but he yeah. goes, "Would you like to come in the rooms after the game?" And I was just like, "You're kidding!" So I got to go in the rooms after the game, sing the song, oh, yeah. just beat the Dockers, singing the song as well. Singing, I was in, as I was singing the song, I was there singing oh, along with them. And then I yeah, I got all their signatures, so like Gary Hocking and oh. bloody Stephen King, all these. Oh nice. So good. And yeah. then Ronnie Burns got to see, and he sort of turned and saw his number. And he's like, "Mate, like he's like, we're so impressed." <laughs> yeah. His number on his back too. So. Yeah, well, anything that else? Was you good. got any uh, music ones? Um, I got a drumstick as well. I got the No Effects drumstick. Oh nice. Big day out from about when I was about four. First nice, big day nice, out nice. I ever went to. That's good. Um, I don't think that's all I've got. Dude, I still got to go to the no shit compared to this Yeah, fight. compared to that, that's, that's nothing. Oh, so. well, that's just nothing. Everyone's got their thing. I, I played, <laughs> I played uh, with a dude in England that played for Romania in the World Cup uh, in oh, 2003. Wow. Um, he was pretty dog shit. Um, <laughs> he gave me a jersey, so a Romanian World oh, Cup jersey. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, I'd get around. I'd, I'd get around. Kid nights, to be fair. I'd definitely get around. That's all I've got, I'm pretty sure. I don't know. Um, yeah, that's it. Oh, I've got like a White Caddo Chiefs signed ball we, from when we were there in what would have been like 2003. Yeah. Uh, like a black ball signed with a black texter. Useless. I reckon <laughs> one of the coolest bit of memorabilia I've got is hell underrated. Yep. Right? So we've gone through a love Australian football. Yep. We've gone through a love the Olympics. They're, yep. they're my two things. In 2000, uh, for the Sydney 2000 Olympics, they actually produced a replica, there's 2,000 of them, Australian football jersey. So in 1956, 
they played a demonstration match of Australian football at the MCG at the Olympics. Yep, Melbourne uh, Olympics. Yep. yep. And then in 2000, they produced 2,000 replica jerseys of Australia of the Australian football jersey. Oh, so I'm like, mate, that is like the oh, coming man. together of the yeah. two. Yeah. In no way will they ever do that again. Yeah, like, no. I reckon that's yeah something I really love. You know. That's sick. Hmm. All right. What else are we going to get to? We're, we've already been going for about an hour, but oh, I love these story. chats, Martin. I, I listen to your <laughs> channel. Yeah, it's a good story. So yeah. we're going to go through uh, sort of your role at the Eagles. Yeah, I'd love to. How you got the role? Yeah. Um, I know there's stuff being a staff member that you can't say and that you could possibly get in the shit so if there is just say skip yeah okay like grilling you about <laughs> yeah. like, what are they running in the yeah. or in their time trials and like that, this and that no, i know there's info that you can't yeah sort of give out but um especially about specific players in general so we're not going to ask you too much about yeah, that for sure um i, I want to know how do you get the gig at the eagles to start with because sure. you're not an eagles fan either well i am are, now you are now <laughs> you are now you sort of have to be very um, much so but uh, yeah, how'd you get how'd you get the gigs so, at, the, at the Eagles? Much like um, how Troy was saying, he met um, the Geelong, you know, Perth supporters group sort of people. Uh, my parents formed the Richmond Supporters Club in West Australia in 1997. Uh, anyway, they, they ran that for a period of time. And at the time, you mentioned earlier that I probably wasn't the most talented footballer <laughs> or cricketer. Yep. But I had a love for the game, so I found a niche and I became a field umpire. You did. Uh, so I was. I was quite successful at that to the point I reached sort of um, sort of waffle level. Uh, did a game of uh, international rules between Australia and Ireland, the AIS game. No way. Uh, as, as a younger guy, but um, so in two thousand and seven, I was still on playing footy. And I just got sort of gone back to local footy at the time. And back in the day, they used to grab trainers to run water and that from the local football teams. So Perth Demons, Eastern Mountain, whatever it might be. Um, and someone didn't turn up on the day to run water. Anyway, the old school head of the Richmond cheer squad knew my dad, which is a Melbourne-based guys. They had the guy who was head trainer in for Richmond come to the guy who was the cheer squad leader and say, hey, can anyone in the cheer squad like run water for the day? Like, we're, we're I feel really like anybody struggling. could put their hand up for that. Correct, right? <laughs> he has gone, I know just the guy. And I've known the rules. Anyway, so gone out there, done my one game. We lost to Freo in 2007, right? This is for Richmond. This is for Richmond, yep. right? So I ran water for Richmond. And it was just like one of those moments. I mean, if it was a one you day, I was just like, oh man. my God, here I am. Like, would have been the ultimate oh, fans experience. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So I thought that was just it. And um, anyway, I sat down at the end of the opposite game in Perth. I sat down at the end of 2007. And I thought, you know what? I'd love to try and do that again. So just take a chance. I'll always take a chance in life. I wrote a letter to the head uh, trainer at Richmond. And I said, hey. Email, dude. No, nah, I wrote the old school letter. <laughs> old school, sent it Richmond, yeah, Richmond football club. Like, nah. <laughs> the whole lot, right? Hey, really love to be involved. Well, He's come straight sick. back and gone, yep, no worries. Got me on board in 2008. And uh, that was round four, 2008 was my next game. That was the day that... Matthew Richardson went to the wing against Fremantle oh, and Richmond dominated by like 10 goals. So I'm just like loving this. So here yeah. I am. Almost won Brownlow on that wing, yeah. didn't he? So. Yeah. So, and then managed to run water for Richmond uh, as, as a trainer. They, and I was very fortunate to be involved with Richmond. They would let me come to Melbourne on the weekends I could get there and run water. 
Um, I never ran water at the MCG though, so as a bit of an asterisk for yep. Richmond. I'd always done it at Telstra Dome and then uh, what it was called after that. What's it called? What is Telstra Dome? Oh, Marvel, Marvel, Marvel Stadium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Telstra Dome, yeah. Ehead Stadium. Yeah. Um, at the end of 2013, Richmond, my last game for Richmond was uh, I worked in rooms at the uh, the elimination final against Carlton. So Richmond's up by about four goals and Carlton had oh, made right. the finals because Essendon had been booted out. Yep. So the joke was Richmond always finished ninth. Finally, they've got into the finals. And Trent Cotchin out of and shocker. Then, yeah, and then they lost to the team that finished ninth. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so um, that was my last game. Anyway, a job came up at the end of 2013 through this jobs board and that um, for West Coast. Yep. I said, oh, I'm looking for sports trainers. I thought, Nah, I'm not going to do that. So it was it sports training yes, you were doing at, at Richmond yep. as well? Yeah, so, uh, so I'm a level two sports trainer and yep. I've done my uh, Cert 4 in uh, massage practice. Yep. So I, um, yeah, so job came up with me. It was, I thought, nah, I'm not doing that. And I thought, hang on, let's, let's play the professionalism card here for a second. So probably a good opportunity. So I applied, yep. uh, went to the interview. Now, everyone else that I work with are basically... Qualified physiotherapist, yep. a qualified myotherapist, yep. or um, studying to become one of the two. Yeah, yeah. Right. I work full time as a credit assessor for a bank, yep. <laughs> but I've done my, my courses and all that stuff and hold your own. I went to the interview and I said this to him. I said, "Look, I'm not going to be the most knowledgeable guy in the room. I'm not here to be that guy." But, but they're like, also not hiring you. Sorry to interrupt. They're they're not hiring you as a physio well, either. Well, that's correct. But some of the people um, sort of look at it as, "Oh, well, you need to know everything." Yeah, and all yeah, stuff. yeah. And I just said to them, "Look, I'm not going to be the most knowledgeable, but I will be the hardest worker, and I will have a smile on my face the whole time we're there." So when he's puffing. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> so I um I got the job. Well, uh, yeah. And the 24, 24 so you, first. I season. could imagine you in, in an interview, man. You're not not hiring you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up, I'm just like, ah, mate, you're good, you're good. Yeah. Stop there, you're in. Nah, yeah, so 2014, did my first season. Um, I got picked for the Australian International Rules team. Yep. Um, and what an amazing experience just to be involved with, like, you know, the Luke Hodges and the Joel Selwoods and, yep. like, those guys and actually you know, work with them. So, so, you, so that was in Australia? Yeah, so that was in Perth, uh, yep. that test. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, 2015, uh, Eagles, we didn't make the finals in 2014, but we made the grand final. So my second season working at West Coast, and I've been picked to run water. Oh, it's all you, mate. That yeah. water yeah, you were getting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and just like an amazing day. So I've never run water on the MCG because I've never done it at Richmond. Yep. So my first day running water on the MCG is at the grand final. Yeah. And like, you just... It's one of those oh, moments, yeah. like, if anyone's seen the vision, like, you see those videos where you, like, you walk up the race yeah. and you, like, look around. I could only imagine that, like, being on that field with yeah. that many people there. Right? Unbelievable. Well, one thing I did was, so Channel 7 actually gave us these sunglasses that we had to wear and they had a camera inside of them. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, so every, like, on the field, that they would pick up your vision and give in what they see right up in those players' faces. And that, that's where they get that vision from. Yep. Um, and the one thing I did was the national anthem is obviously the, the raw moment, you know? Yep. And you feel like it hits you, yeah, you know? Yeah, so, we're so you're, standing, on the, you're on the field for the National Anthem? Yep, yep. Oh, so we're right. standing on the boundary line, so for the National Anthem, and they're singing away. 100,000 people. 100,000 people are about to just lose it. And I was like, the one thing I remember that I was like, I'm going to do this is, I took the sunglasses off, and I said, in my mind, I went, I'm going to see this with my own eyes. You know, like, you may never see this again. So I took the sunglasses off, and the roar happens, and normally... You should, did you point them back at yourself? No. You should. No. Oh, yeah, I didn't see that. That would have been perfect. That would have been some viral shit. It would have oh, been like, you know, um, 
It would have been like West Coast runner, like emotional <laughs> drink. <laughs> yeah. And I love the country. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, I didn't think that. But um, the, the vision always when Channel 7 do it is they, the big roar and they always pan out. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't want to look <clears throat> straight at Fords at the Southern Stand and just like look around. So I looked back and it said Melbourne Cricket Club on, you know, the Ponswood Stand. And just yeah. like, the, you're in that moment. Like, I'm here. There's that fence. And then, yeah, and just, I mean, it wasn't the greatest day for us, but I had the best view of Luke Hodge from the boundary kicking that goal. The banana yeah. that yeah. he did in the... Yeah. I was right behind that. And it was pretty much at that moment. You I knew that that day was done. Probably not our day. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And even just Sirioli lighting up and winning Norm Smith. Like, yeah. you know, how lucky and privileged we are. Um, 2016, 2017, we, we played finals. Um, did the last game at Subiaco Oval. So yeah. that, was, that was something really, really cool to like be involved with, you know, the Eagles had to win that day yeah. um, to make the finals. And yeah, we had to win by a certain margin against Adelaide. Um, was there the day that, um, so Phil Walsh was involved with our, with our football club. Um, that was one of the bonding moments of our club that I've been lucky and fortunate enough to be around the, the people that knew Phil closely. And yeah. um, that, that, that was something that would stick with me, like as a, as a moment of, wow, like footy is like, connects so many people. It's big and, and just the game Yeah, and like, you know, big okay. history and that. Um, 2017 worked for the Australian National Rules team again uh, yep. so two time all Australian oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm running that one like, yeah. <laughs> two time all Australian and oh, then um, nice. I, in 2018 I come uh, we, obviously Eagles make the grand final uh, yep. had the opportunity again to run the water yep. um, and in 2015 a mate of mine didn't get the chance to run the water uh, he was a bit sick at the time and you know, still worked at the team anyway I, um, I said mate you can you can have the spot. Like I've done it. I'll be. I'm happy enough, but just to be a sort of a spectator in the rooms and you know, yep. working in that sort of way and do my massage and, and that sort of stuff. Uh, he's the guy that's behind Dom Sheed when he kicks that goal. Oh, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, 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 but you know what, what an amazing night and just like everyone goes, oh, you must be so elated and that you won a premiership. That to be honest. I was just exhausted. Oh, like, yeah, man. You've given, for me, it was, at that stage, it was, you know, like 12 or 13 years to professional football. And then I've been doing, AF, you know, playing football since I was, you know, 1995. I started at Safety Base Singers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's hard. And then, um, you just to win one was just like, like a relief. Yeah. That you're not going to, like, whenever my career finishes or when I'm done, I'm always going to have one. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, that's mad. Yeah. And just imagine that. If you're a player. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, so like, like times 10, well, times a thousand, yeah, that sort of that's thing. That's the cool thing about being a trainer. Like when the, like, so who, you know, someone takes a huge, Liam Ryan takes a huge mark and yep. he's going for a shot at goal. The and the you roar, the same you know, and just the absolute players. roar. Well, the thing is the people in the middle of the ground are players, umpires, trainers. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's no one else that can be, you know, you can buy whatever corporate package you want. You can buy, you know, money can't buy experience in the rooms, whatever. You literally cannot buy that experience. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. so um, I've been very fortunate as well. Like last week, now I've had the opportunity to work with our AFLW team. Yep. And that again is just something, like we won our first game last week. Yep. And the emotion of that win was just as good as the They get up the Eagles today. Oh, unbelievable. Like, struggling a bit. And, yeah, like, I mean, AFLW's got a little bit of a way to come in terms of as a, as a spectacle and as a product compared to the men's game, but yep. it's a product in its own right. Like, you always say, hey, anybody can win on their day, right? Yep. AFLW is that. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone can win on your day. I was yeah. taking this out the other day because there was, was like 
14 to 9 and like yep. 6 to 3 and I was like yeah. what are these scores but man? if you look beyond that like oh yeah you just go hey you know what you can go in the game and your team even if you like haven't won a game all year you can win an AFLW game yeah. that's really cool you can come you back know? three quarter time being dominated exactly the game. So, yeah, yeah exactly so, oh that's awesome that's, man yeah. that's so, well, you've sort of run through your history at the Eagles there. I yeah. want to talk a little bit more what your day-to-day looks like. So, who manages uh, you, the sports trainers? Is it like a head physio? Is it head of sports medicine? Yeah. What role do, well, what do you have, uh, what relationship would you have with like strength and conditioning coaches? This is more yeah. sort of from my angle. Yeah, for sure. So, um in terms of who manages me, we've got a trainer coordinator. Yep. Uh, she's a qualified physiotherapist and the physiotherapist for the AFLW team. Yep. Uh, but she manages the men's program. Yep. Beyond that, we've got two full-time, oh sorry, three full-time physiotherapists and a part-time physiotherapist. Yep. Our doctors are both part-time. Uh, in fact, our doctor is also the Wildcats doctor. Yep. Um, and then we've Tough got gig. yeah, <laughs> and then we've got uh, a dietitian who's part time, yep. um, and then a couple of like contract masseuses during the work, sort of week. And then yep. outside of that, we also have a number of ECU students yep. um, completing I think sports collecting, science, collecting data. Uh, no, they yeah, <laughs> well, they actually they actually come and just hold water bottles for us. A yeah, bit. yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're really. Um, but in terms of day to day on my on match day, so. Uh, if we're playing at Optus Stadium, yep. um, I'll get to the game or the ground about three hours, three and a half hours before the game. So yep. I tend to help out our property team uh, a little bit as well, which is sort of gives me a bit of a niche that you can learn sort of everything. We'll set up our massage room. So we use sort of four or five massage beds, three or four different taping stations, two physio stations and a doctor's you room. You do the taping as well? Yeah, I do. Yeah, so, yeah. so we can do, we do either cr- uh, strapping or massage on the day. Yep. Uh, first thing we do is make up all their drinks. So um, in terms of like drinks and stuff that you use, you'll go through about 70 litres of water yeah. Uh, for a ga- for a general sort of day, if it's a hotter, obviously it, might, it could go up to 100 liters of water. Yep. So I think yesterday um, we played Fremantle in a practice game. Uh, we went through about 85 liters of water uh, just alone. We then have. Come on, I was just saying for our players. games, we just fill up the bottles once in the game. And it's a hot players, day, maybe just fill it up on twice. Bench. Four on the bench. Oh, Four. six on the bench. Uh, five on the bench yesterday. Yeah. Dude, yeah. Five. That's, that's a lot liters, of water, eh? Four liters throughout the. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, when you think about like pre-game, so pre-season for you guys would be through. tougher than the actual season. Oh, so, I hate yeah. season. Well, yeah. <laughs> the players hate pre-season because you don't get the poor old trainer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so so after that, you're getting them ready for the for the warm up and all that yeah. sort of stuff. Yeah, so we'll massage the players. Um, so I've got a very good relationship with uh, with Nick Nat Nui. Yeah. Uh, so every home game, I go to his house and I massage him for an hour and a half prior to being at the ground for three three oh, hours. Yeah, that's a cushy gig. Oh. My, my, not according to my yeah, hands. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's a, he's a, is he still out middle way? That's the problem. He's yeah, like, nah, Rocco does a bit, bit, bit more local now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I mean, and for me, he's the most complete athlete as in terms of a yep. specimen that I've ever seen. Just, you know, so well yeah. chiseled and defined. Yeah. You know, and, you know, he's 201 centimetres and 140 How fast he can run, run, how exactly. agile and everything yeah. is, he's how high he can jump. 100%. So for me, yeah. he's always the most. He's Would the he be up there across the board in the AFL, you think? Like if oh, you look across the athletes in the AFL? 100%. As, yeah. a, as a pure athlete, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 100%. yeah if he yeah, wasn't and for the knees, yeah. he would probably be well, talking about like one of the best team and you're like, whoa, shit. If anyone saw, I mean, a perfect example of it is watch the last quarter of yesterday's game with about... I don't know, five or six minutes to go and the Eagles going forward and he does this 
one-handed pickup on yeah, the run. I think I saw that one. Like yeah, that just you know? can set people apart. And then, yeah, and then for, you know, two minutes later, oh sorry, three or four minutes earlier, he's taken the pack mark to. So he's, he's coming back. in looking good this year then. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, it's the first time he's done preseason in three years. So Fuck yeah. cross my fingers. So uh, two yeah. of my favourites. Um, yeah, so we massage pre-game, yep. um, and then we basically just, whatever the boys need, we don't leave anything to chance. So whether it might be Grippo, Vassalite, yep. like just anything you could possibly imagine, we've got Especially at that level, it could be as um, placebo as like, Correct. this is not useful, 100%. but old mate wants it, 100%. and that'll keep his attitude positive, exactly. and it will help him play better. So. You, you know, and like even whatever it ends up like, being, you're just jumping through hoops for them to a certain extent to make sure that correct it, they're happy. Exactly. Yeah. Like, and it might be, like, so when we travel into state, um, a good example of that, we take about 1.5 tonne of stuff into state with us, right? And that's even as small as, all right, so post-game, you know, someone wants to have a vanilla Coke as part of their... Dude, they've got like a, a player rider, like yeah. a, like bands do. Yeah. Uh, dude, I'd be like, I need... Um, they do, yeah. Lamingtons with all the coconut taken off. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> <That's>, yeah, <laughs> some, of them, some of them are like that. But we, would, we take that stuff from Perth. We're not leaving it to chance. We're not getting to Adelaide and going, yeah. oh, do I need a Coke Zero? Prime example is a couple of milks milks and stuff. Milks, yeah. So sponsored by Masters Milk. Yeah, have to take Masters Milk with you because you can't buy it anywhere else in Australia. You know what you can't get else? Mint, spearmint, mint, milk. Oh, spearmint, mint, milk. Spearmint milk. (laughs) Yeah, like anywhere else. Oh, really? Yeah, like impossible to find. So who's the knobhead that wants spearmint milk? Our property man. He's like, oh, and he just like puts it on one of the players. Well, he's packing. Yeah, he's like, oh, yeah, um, Nick said he wants but, uh, you know, you two you. kilos of Arabo post game. I'll tell you, our property guy, mate, he's got absolutely sus. So we fly, so we fly Virgin. Uh, if anyone's been in the Virgin Lounge, you'll know that from back in the day, Landers used to be like stocked with food and all that. Now yeah. it's just like, make, make a toasty. Well, he's yeah. teamed it up. He gets given a plate of pies pre-game or pre-flight every flight. He just oh, knows the yeah. virgin guy and just like out comes his plate of pies for old Ted. Mate, that'll um, be that'll be you oh, soon, mate. Give oh, it ten years. Well, what's the property man yesterday? Uh, so yeah, yeah, that was yeah. Good gig. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, that's sick, man. Yeah. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the from the strength and conditioning side. Sure. What tests do the boys use? Yep. I know in the past it's always been a like almost first day back at preseason 2K time trial. Yeah. Um, do they do they still use that one? Yeah, so, so the way preseason works now is that, I'll tell you, AFL players have got it so well down packed. So if our, our season finished at the end of last year against Geelong in the semi-final, so second week in September, yep. our first of four-year players came back, I think it was the 4th of November. Yep. They So they split them up depending on age? Yeah. So younger players come back. It must, have been late, must have been later than that. So it, well, they came back by the end of like the end of November, and, and, and they were the there younger, for two weeks. That's yeah. the so the first of four years that they were there for two weeks. Yeah. Our five, five years plus came back for a week. Yeah. We then had a week camp down in Dunsborough. Yeah. And then they're off again until the fourth of January. So oh, they yeah. stopped on the sixteenth of December. Um, but that really so we had limited into, time. They're yeah. split into two groups. So. Five years and under. It's to, yeah, to do with their like their age and how long they've been, as yep. opposed to what break and stuff they get. Yeah. But um, so the players come back, and the first of four years in that sort of initial phase, it's more about again just getting in touch with them, getting the footies out, having a kick around, 
bit of fitness stuff, but not super, super fitness stuff. And some of our older players do come back voluntarily. Yeah. The older guys come back and that's when you do your, your two kilometer time trial. Yeah. All right. So your two kilometer time trial is done uh, pretty much in that first week that they come back and a lot of the other testing and stuff is done like uh, your yo-yo tests. They do do a yo-yo. Uh, yeah, so they do a, uh, move away from the beep test and they do a yo-yo. Yep. Uh, they they do still do the beep in the uh, draft combine, eh? No, they've moved to yeah, yo-yo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Ooh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, they do the 2KR um, and that's pretty much it in terms of at, like in terms of running testing yep. um, the other stuff that they do no, do they do those on the same day? no but we do train after we do the 2k yep. and we do all of our, our goal kicking practice like in terms just training under fatigue yep. you know kicking goals under fatigue like, it's well, such an fatigue under, already so yeah correct and it's such an undervalued skill like it's the most important part of the game yep. but you know we're not I mean you look at golf they'll put a, a ball within two inches of a pin you know, mm. and they've been walking around in the sun and all that sort of stuff. And yeah. they'll continue to do that. You look at an NFL player, yeah. you know, that they have to, there's no second chance. There's no, like in Australian football, we're, we haven't come any further with our goal kicking. That's the it's fun, gone worse, that's, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. And you that's, know? you're dead right. That's what I've always said and the same thing. the players thing. have gotten more athletic. Full forward done, full forward anymore. But we haven't gotten better at kicking yeah. goals. Yeah. And that's the whole focus of our sport. Yeah, yeah true. So, um, we try and do a lot of work on it. And you, you see the guys that work on it. Like, so, footies are out day one? Footies are out day one. Oh, that's yeah, awesome. right. So going yeah, the that days... Gets, that'll get a bit of buy-in yeah. from uh, the players as well. You can't just have them... 100%. And we don't, we don't flog them to death it. like they used to as well. Like, yeah. And a lot, a lot of the season, programs... Though, isn't it? it is. And a lot of the programs are individually tailored to the player about what he's doing, what they're yep. doing, whatever it might be. Yep. Um, and it's it's all about what's best for that player. Yeah. You know? is, is there a uh, expected uh, range that they hit in the time trials? Not really, no. um, but they've all got PBs. Yeah. So, I mean, everyone wants to always PB themselves. There, I mean, I'm sure there'll be a couple of questions if people came back. Um, everyone knows a story about Jeremy McGovern when he was a rookie that he was beaten by John Worsfold in the time trial. Yeah. Uh, went off, trained at Claremont and came back and now, you know, he's what, six-time All-Australian and, yeah. you know, pretty much saved the grand final. So, <laughs> so from, they go a yo-yo, 2K time trial, yep. any strength testing? When they first come back, or they, they wait a little while? They, they do do a little bit of testing, like sort of squeeze testing and that sort of stuff. So, yep. you know, just, and it's more, the testing that we're doing is more about like In, screening. Injury prevention. Correct. So yeah. they do add up the strength testing. Yeah, and hamstrings. Yep. Um, and it's just more about, can you, I mean, as you would know, as a strength conditioning coach, the best way to prevent an injury is to pick it up before it's an injury. Yep. You know, and that's what our focus for our I know they do, do a lot of screening and stuff like that. So yeah. would, do they do that stuff uh, like every time the boys come into training? We do it every week. Yep. So at the start of every week, we screen all of our players and just sort of get an understanding of you know wh- where they're at. Um, so uh, say after a game, yeah, today so will be a recovery. The coaches will build like their, their profile across the season. Yeah, correct. And across yeah. the players. And across career. their career yeah. and everything like that. So... And when yeah. they start seeing dips, correct, and and and, and, at, and we're onto it, and we're onto it straight away. Like you know, we're onto it straight away. Someone might have a dip uh, in hamstring strength, right? Oh, let's do a bit of glute activation. Let's yep. let's just let's see. You know, yep. like w- the worst thing for us is injuries are unavoidable in strength football. You know, oh, any You know, you're going to smother a ball. Someone's going to break a thumb. You yep. know, or whatever it might be. You know, someone's going to land and roll an ankle but if we can prevent those soft tissue injuries yeah i mean you, i think you spoke about last podcast about the hamstrings yeah. maybe yeah, yeah maybe. Like, like a few ones before like that that's 
that's where you lose lose the most games in Australian football. Mm. It's such an explosive sport, changing direction. Hammies and Carves. It's amazing how they build up from some teams. Hey, like I think it was Essen a few years ago with hamstring strains. Yeah. just bang, they like, Actually, I looked, at, I looked at doing a bit of research. I looked at um, like some injury lists uh, just for today's podcast, and there's some teams, two or three, and there's some is like 12, 13. Correct. Like, yeah. Fuck. Yeah, demons last yeah, year. Yeah, man, some big, that's some right. Big, big, the uh, demons last year already. Yeah, but that's what, what it's the demands of the game. Like I'd say, AFL players are the fittest um, in terms of running uh, sport. Well, it's the biggest field, biggest field, longest uh, time. Yeah. So you know, yeah, in terms of length, length time, of the yeah. game, I know in the past, uh, looking at uh, what was it, uh, 40, uh, 20... One of the tests, I'm not sure the name of it, 2040 test yeah. that AFL players, they tested uh, at the time it might have been Carlton. Yeah. And they came out like better than, I think it was like other teams, it was Paris Saint-Germain and the AFL came out on top. Yep. And that was yeah. Carlton, so. I think it was Carlton. <laughs> yeah. It's just a <laughs> matter of time. Seven other teams would have been even better. It was the 3015 intermittent field test, I'm pretty sure. I'm trying to think that like Martin Boucher is the guy who came up with the test and then yeah he tested teams from different sports and footy was was the top oh, in yeah. that in that specific test like, and that it would be a different sort of test uh, compared to yo-yo compared yeah. to beep that sort of stuff the more um, sports specific it is the better test obviously it is and that's why they've gone away from the beep that's the right yeah doesn't really you know it's more intermittent than the beep correct yeah whereas the beep is and, and like even now like with the like so prevention and all that sort of stuff like so now we're moving sort of in season mode yep. like people will come like so you might, you might come to an open training session if you follow West Coast and like you might just see the guys running a few laps walk jogging doing a few hand passes and kicking around and think oh well they haven't really done much yep. we're, we're not actually doing much at training now like our main training sessions will focus on who our opposition is for that week and you know do a few game, you know, set game plans or whatever to try and so you know, it's a lot more that opposition. Yeah, now. And but the rest recovery. of the week is all recovery. Yeah. yeah. You know, like everything we're doing is geared towards getting them to perform on game day. Yeah. You know, like that that's our bread and butter. Yeah. <laughs> Winning football games. Would you be able to like would you know what their split would be during the season? Um, is there guys that don't lift weights at all during the season? Is there guys, like, are they lifting twice a week? Are they doing once? Uh, so, off the top of my head, I mean, I know they do at least one weight session a yep. week, but, like, even the weights that they're lifting, we're not going out there. No, no, it's all, like, and it's, most of it would be, a lot of it would be corrective injury the, prevention, a but it would be speed-based stuff. A lot of them are leg-based, yep. yeah. So, they're doing a lot of, like, leg weights, uh, post training and that and sort of stuff. For velocity um, rather yeah. than load. And we're doing a lot of like after training, like a lot of Nordics. We're also yeah. doing a lot of stuff like um, they're, they're starting to get into like Pilates and yep. they do like yoga and big all that stuff. So, yeah, and, I call that the corrective or injury prevention. Side yeah, and the other thing as well that's becoming bigger and bigger in all sports um, is uh, mindfulness. Yep. You know, like traditionally it was back in the day. Oh, it's a man's game. Get over it. Whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, mental health is one of those things that not just within sport, but across the community, that is a massive, massive thing and a massive focus. And we all know the the numbers for suicides, but you know, particularly with men, they're sort of in our age group. Yeah. Um, and those football. So you've are, seen that sort of come into the club. Hundred percent. Okay. Like, and there's also a focus towards the staff for that as well. So they yep. they try and you know, I mean. 
not that my job is super intense or anything like yeah. that, but I do juggle full-time work and doing, like yesterday was a 15-hour day for me, yeah. and they, they'd be going, oh, checking in, are you okay? Like, oh, we're, we're, and we do that with each other, you know? Yeah. So um, football clubs, we, we, when you're in the bubble, you're in the bubble. Outside of that, it's quite hard to get into the bubble, yeah. but when you're in the bubble, we'll, we'll, we'll protect after. each other in that bubble. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's good to know. It's like, it's always from the outside looking in, you, you sort of see these guys as like, uh, obviously the best athletes across Australia with the rugby league guys, I'd suggest. Rugby Cricketers. Yeah. 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 In terms of athletes, yeah, though. Yeah. Yeah. Athletes to me is like, how high can they jump? Yeah. How fast can they run? You know, what's their power output? All that yeah. sort of stuff. I feel like, you know, rugby league and AFL are setting the standard for our in team sports. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's where the best athletes gravitate towards. Yeah, I think you discussed that in the past. Definitely, well. they yeah. gravitate towards that. Um, it's just like for me, it's interesting. It's like, all oh, right, how, like, what, are, what does their week's training look like post game? Yeah, like, yeah, I always want to know. Obviously, I mean, with AFL, you're going to know with, especially with the Eagles, because there's so much travel that the travel dictates like yeah. a fair bit of the schedule as well so that's something a bit different that we do as well yeah. um, so when I was at Richmond one thing they did and I always found it unusual is all the other teams travel one day before the game I don't know what the situation is at Fremantle but like the Eastern States teams yeah. they all travel one day before the game and Richmond used to come to Perth and change all their clocks to Melbourne time <laughs> so they would remain like so they would have their meals on Melbourne time everything would be done on Melbourne time we we definitely don't do that. But that's funny, man. We are we actually travel. It makes sense. But we travel two funny. days before. <laughs> so the Eagles, we, we travel. We're one of the only teams that travel two days pre-game. So yep. if we're playing, um, you know, on a Saturday game, we'll travel on Thursday. So, so yeah, so you look at that. So now you probably can't lift on a Thursday. Yeah, you can't. You well, that's train. So what if, if, we, if we had okay? Let's say we played Saturday night Loptus going into Saturday game in Adelaide, right? Yep. So Saturday night we play our game. Uh, Optus Stadium's got all your ice baths and you know, yep. anything you can imagine that's yeah, you know, yeah, available yeah. to them. So that Sunday would be a player's day off. Monday yep. would just be like a recovery sort of session the, uh, at the club. Yep. So when are, they, when are they actually flying back then? Off straight Saturday. So yeah, about straight an hour. So the, yeah. So we, yeah, we right. travel about an hour. Like. The game finishes, everyone watches on TV, oh yeah, we're all singing the song, and you see the player sitting around. Just open your eyes up yeah. and watch all the people from interstate clubs running around and packing boxes and all that sort of yeah. stuff. We are on the road about an hour to an hour and a half, wow. straight to the airport. Shit. Yeah, and we're not, we're not getting home sometimes until one or two in the morning, but the thing is, by getting you home then that puts you in your own bed that night. I mean, most of the time, the players are amped up and you know, there's a lot of adrenaline running through their bodies. They can't sleep on anyway. So there's yeah. no point taking them back to a hotel, having them try and go to sleep, to then wake them up early, to then fly them home yeah, and lose true. that extra day. We just get straight home. We're ready to go. Because as, as sad as it is, everyone goes, oh yeah, it's one week at a time. It's four points, rah, rah. As soon as we're on the plane, like our guys are already working on opposition analysis for the week coming and yeah. reviewing the game so like, good to know like, so and shit, like sometimes like you know everyone goes oh you know say if we get beaten by you know put Adelaide we've lost by three or four goals in Adelaide yes we're sad in that moment in the change rooms but it's almost like as soon as we get to the airport yeah, like we're almost over it yeah, like yeah, I know yeah. that sounds harsh and yeah. you know but like it'd be worse for the supporters you'd be sitting there dwelling yeah, on us the next week it'll be in the paper I, I don't read the paper I don't follow any of that stuff on Facebook or yep. Channel 7 News or anything but people you know they'll talk to me at my work and go, oh, we, I'm like oh like I've sort of 
yeah. forgotten about it a bit because yeah, we're, yeah. You know, we're, we've lost the whole day, but that's we're playing Hawthorne this week. That's, that's why I prefer the NBA, the NBA too because your team loses and it's like, oh, are they playing tomorrow? It's yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> they got like maybe two more chances. Yeah, exactly. So, oh, that's awesome yeah. to know, man. Yeah. That's good shit. Uh, all right. What do we got? Some rule changes. We've gone nearly an hour and a half on this. Rule changes. Talk to me about this. Well, there's rule changes for the runners as well, isn't there? For uh, not the oh, yeah, this year that that well a readjustment back. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So last year it was that the runners could only enter the playing field after a goal. Yep. Uh, which is why you saw everyone holding up those big boards, and uh, we, we're still doing that. Like we're still holding up the board and all that. Well, they were doing it yesterday, I saw. Yep. Um, and they're, they're really cool. Like you know, the players are taking more responsibility on field for their role. But this year the runners are. Uh, they, they, they can go yeah it's not it's not quite as long they can still come on the field um, but it's like they can't they have to be off straight away like, only, like they have to be on and off within a certain amount of time okay you know? um, in terms of the runners and the water trainers nah just whenever you get on whenever you get off other rule changes yeah. I feel don't get me started on changes for rugby yeah. but I feel footy if you're not on your feet you shouldn't be able to grab the ball so Okay, so you have to be standing to pick have the to ball up. Have to be standing. There's precedent for that. Oh, in I like it. The international rules, they, that's what the, the rule is. Okay, so how hard was that to pull? Like, did it come up very often? Ah, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. the Irish, in the Irish sport, they can't pick it up. Yeah. So in the Irish sport... It's sort of like they probably come down from a rugby rule, because like, yeah. in rugby, if you're off your feet, you're out of the game sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. So the Irish one, if you're, on the fi- if you're laying on the field or whatever, yeah. all you can do is knock the ball on. Um, and the Australian footballers have to do, adapt to that pretty quickly. But um, that'd be a good rule to stop, yeah, a, can, stop a lot of uh, stoppages. Well, it would stop. <laughs> it would stop the ball. I mean, they obviously changed the law to uh, drag dragging the football in. And, yeah. But now you get the one where old mate will drag it on top of you and then hold it into you. Yeah. And like yeah. footballers are smart. Like, and elite athletes are smart. If there's a rule change. We'll find a way to get around it. Yeah. We'll find a way to, you know, yeah. manipulate it. And, like the ruck one yeah. with the hands up thing. I remember... Correct. I think Paddy Davis did it last year, yeah. actually, where he, he conned some player into thinking he's the ruck. Yeah. And then he bumped in and he got a free kick from it. And he just right. saw his face afterwards, like, I'll just yeah, go I reckon, in. I, yeah. I reckon that'd be a good rule. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll we've, good. we've already gone over what grand final day was like. Yeah. Um, so we don't need to touch on that again. Let's go with, should State of Origin be a regular fixture in the AFL? Oh, I definitely think so. Yeah. I've always said it should be there. I I, I loved it. So what, the state of origin is WA, Victoria, I think they should have South Australia and, and the Allies. Yeah, they should have the four and they should just Tassie? have two games. Well, are they, who's That'd be the Allies. Allies. Put him in with the... Don't tell the judge that. They're probably building enough of a team now to be able to do it. Because of that, like obviously it is an out and out state of origin. It should just be everyone versus Victoria. No. no, I don't think two teams... No, I don't think you could see that they because didn't there's four teams. They didn't have like, well, now we have to play like three games for everyone to. Like... No, you just do. I reckon do two games and swap it each year. So it could be WA versus SA, oh, so Allies you... versus Victoria one year. Next year we go it. Victoria plays WA, SA. Okay, so it's less just... of a uh, like free game tournament like rugby league. So yeah, it's just origin. a. I suppose yeah, you can't really. If well, they try to make it like rugby league, they're gonna have a hard time. I think um, the thing as well is from my conversations and that with with players. You, you don't necessarily have the same level of buy-in from the player and the same like affinity to want to represent Western Australia. Yeah. Um, you know, like you look at our team, you know, say take the Eagles it's squad or whatever. Yeah. I mean, they're from everywhere. 
you know, like yeah. they're from Victoria, they're from Queensland, you know, wherever, you know, yeah. and just talking to the guys that, you know, sort of came back from the interstate one, my understanding is the Victorians went pretty hard yeah. You know? yeah. and like, and they went pretty hard at the end, which is why you got the results. But um, at the same token, like the players, you know, they have such an investment into club football that, you know, it's almost doing them a disservice to, um, you know, to, to, to make them sort of. You know, so do a lot of them not really. Yeah, they, they don't care either up. way. Like yeah, right. saying, like they, yeah. they don't go. Oh, I have to love you know playing state of origin football, or I have this great desire. Of course, I think that they do would love to you know represent their state in some level of format. Yeah. Um, and if we were to do it, the timing of year was perfect with the bushfire game. Yeah, I think yeah. that. Um, you know, in that sort of in, in environment, that, made that a time. Yeah, I, was, I was sort of thought how many. Like there was a lot of big players. They got basically all the big players. That well, played it gave, that game, it gave so. a good opportunity to actually, because sometimes in those uh, in those marsh games or whatever, you've got a lot of um, you know not seasoned AFL players and their, their skills aren't to that level. Whereas on that night, I mean, we saw the football pinging around left, right, south. Yeah. Um, another part of that was the umpires put the whistle away. Yeah, <laughs> and, just, yeah. and just let the let boys go. Yeah. Um, but they. Um, you know the, the players themselves; they were able to, you know, test their skills with um, skills against as good a player, as good a skilled players as themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in terms of, would you see a market for this state of origin? I'll give you the example. The last time this state of origin was played in Australian football was 1999. Okay, it was Victoria versus South Australia at the MCG. So the MCG is the tenth largest capacity stadium in the world, mm-hmm. and we had 26,000 people turn up. Yeah. Right. That's less than a normal game, isn't it? Much less. How much was that this Trans- last, the last game they played? <laughs> uh, how many, what was the... Well, I, I went to the game in 2008, which was the, the next time after that, which was uh, Victoria versus the Dream Team, they call it, which was the 150th anniversary of Australian football. Yep. Uh, I think we had 60,000 there, and I think they had about 60,000 there last weekend for the Bushfire game. As a one-off novelty sort of event, is there a market for it? Hundred percent. Yeah. Does it serve a purpose? It definitely serves a purpose because the players have to play practice games. They they say to themselves, you know. So that gave them a good opportunity to get the minutes in in a controlled environment, you know. Um, but in terms of are we going to see the flat out you know seriousness of New South Wales versus Queensland? I'm sorry, so I reckon we're beyond it. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Do you think that there's other things that the AFL could do, and especially with the indigenous uh, influence in the AFL? An indigenous versus another team. We did try it a few years ago. Um, again, international rules. So yep. for Australian footballers, obviously there's not much representative football, yeah. uh, and the international rules does give them that opportunity to represent your country in a random. That's the other option, sport. isn't it? Yeah. So not having state of origin, but like sort of getting well, there. But then it's like it's not really the same sport. Yeah, that's but... correct. Well, they did play an all indigenous team against Thailand. Uh, yeah. And um, I think it was 2013, they played at Croke Park. Yeah. Um, I mean, a great experience for the players. I mean, I like the idea of a possible... I would like to see, possibly, an Indigenous All-Stars against Victoria. Yeah. And then maybe you could play an Indigenous All-Stars against Western Australia the year after. And yeah, that, yeah. Gives a, that gives them both the opportunity. Like, we know that the, the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander players have a great affiliation and culture towards wearing their jumper yeah. and you know, everything like that. So you do get that buy-in from them. Looking from the the, um, the rugby league perspective yeah. from, what, two weeks ago or last yeah. week, um, that was like, they did it really well. Oh, 100%. But obviously then... They've got an opposition. They've got an opposition. <laughs> so yeah. a, a clear, like a clear opposition that makes up a lot of the... Um, the competition as well so yeah maybe it's a, 
other thing they could do like a, an age uh, an under 23 state of origin yeah so then like you know but then you're not going to pick to play that over an AFL are you well, so that's yeah. the hard and thing and even like the under 23s like, I guess it's a different sort of system like because they do play it like a waffle WA team they do they? yeah maybe, so, maybe they need to ham that up a bit better well I, I agree you know we Victoria versus Western Australia in the WIFL, they used to be massive games. So that would be VFA, like basically the, the best of the waffle versus the best of the yeah, VFL. They, they still do it. They do it in South Australia. Or, they're doing it anyway, yeah. but maybe they just need to get behind that and yeah. put, put funds into that and people can sort of get behind that from like that tribal I mean, sort of, what, you know, WA's our team, that sort well, of thing. Well, I reckon a good example of that would be, I AFL. mean, the AFLs have buys, right? So we have buy, we have three buy rounds, you know, for split up between the teams maybe like have right in the middle of the season have a general buy round um, I don't know how you would do it or whatever maybe have some buys earlier or like, like whatever but then have a general buy round and do all representative football on that weekend for those state leagues and really ramp them up you know yeah, yeah. it's like that could work because every, yeah, you know, everyone hates that buy round don't they yeah. so that's the that's right Especially if you play fancy. <laughs> yeah, that screws you up big time. Especially if you're a cat supporter too, yeah. mate. So we lose every yeah, time. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right, man. Um, does Nat Fife need to leave the Dockers? Wait, what? how long is he right. there for? What is this, to win a premiership? To win a premiership. Does he need to leave the Dockers? Are the Dockers oh. any chance within his career? Doesn't look like it at the moment. I'm gonna say yes. Well, hey, look, you reckon there's yeah. a chance? That, yeah, this AFL, mate. Anyone like? I you... mean, they got up yesterday. Yeah, they said West Coast won a flag two years ago. Yeah, um, and you know, they they got up. Actually, this, and is they do. Scottish, this is from Scottish Roll, a, a big podcast fan. Yeah, um, he, yeah, he wanted to know. So, um, like, I mean, in terms of is Nat Fife, do you, you know, should do you leave Fremantle? How many players have left to chase a flag? Oh, no. yeah, okay. I'll, I'll give you the example. Um, <laughs> they so end of Richmond two, again. That's well, exactly. <laughs> so 2016, and Richmond are rubbish, right? Yep. Brett Delidio oh, leaves Richmond to go ever, right? and play for GWS, yeah. right? Goes and plays GWS. Who did GWS lose to in a preliminary final? Yeah. Richmond. Two years later, Brett Delidio is sort of coming back from injury, rah, rah. Touch and go. I don't think he ends up playing, but he was touch and go to make the grand final. And Richmond win another one. So yeah. how many times have you seen... Like, yes, there's a story of, you know, Tom Lynch yeah, and Prestier yeah. and Caddy, they leave and they become premiership players. And, yeah. you know, plenty of, you know, Lewis Jenner left Sydney, he became a premiership player at West Coast. It's easy to see after the fact, isn't it? It is. Teams that win premierships always have people coming in at some point. So exactly. then that story becomes well, so-and-so left for a premiership. The other yeah. one is Adam Trelaw, you know, from Collingwood. So he came out and uh, was very famously said, oh, I'm going to Collingwood because they got a better chance for a premiership yeah. you know, than Richmond did. And yet... Now they're next you know, And then and now he's made a grand... Richmond's won two. He made a grand final lost. So yeah. it's a fine line. So do, like do you answer the question? Though. No, I don't think that Fife is a better chance to Anywhere win else. a premiership yeah. than anyone yeah, else. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Dockers. I do like Fifing. I just have oh, a, a I, I like to take the piss out of the Dockers. Um, it's purely from the first jersey they ever wore. That's that's why. And still the one they wear now. No, it's better now. Oh, I talk about the green all the time. Purple that shit, never that shit first jersey they came out with. I was like, <laughs> yeah, you're going to support this. You know, you what learned, is this shit? I learned about that jersey. and I, It just came to me. I reckon only about like, two years ago. Rank. Well, I couldn't work out why one side's red and one, one side was green. Well, they're a port city. 
how much, you know, Port is the red side of a bloody oh, of really? a boat, and you know, green's oh, the starboard side. I was that's like, that's actually cool. You know, yeah, <laughs> like, that, green, that. that green did me in though. <laughs> yeah. The first jerseys um, were just terrible. All right, let's go over. Um, we're going to go players to watch, uh, picks for the Premiership Brownlow, and then we're just going to go round one tips. This is pushing up towards uh, hour forty at the moment. Well, what's so, the longest one? Bang, Probably our oh, first one. Done two hours or something. Oh, we'll ba- we'll bang through them. So players to watch. Players to watch. Any at the club that you're? Uh, how are the targets? Obviously, how's the, the Geelong recruit going? Yeah, obviously Tim Kelly. Um, uh, I think he's he's ready for a big year. Uh, um, you know what? Yeah, Brownlow. Oh man, if he gets Brownlow. the Brownlow, I thought he had the Brownlow last the year. Good, the honest. thing about the Brownlow is like everyone. Look, so having come from an umpiring background. The thing about the Brownlow is everyone goes, oh, you um, you know, why don't they give it to Fords? Why don't they give it to Ruckman and all that sort of stuff? You gotta consider this when you when the umpires vote on the Brownlow. They're looking for the players that have the ball. Now, I know they say oh Ruckman taps it down in that, but when the Ruckman's doing their craft, which is you know tapping it down to a midfielder, an umpire is actually coming up from having bounced the ball. Yeah. So an umpire actually never sees the ruckman even see the tap point. the ball because of where yeah. your eye level is, right? The ruckman are above you and you're looking for holds and the, you're looking at their knees to yeah. make sure that you like, the football is not in way a free kick. So your umpire is looking for free kicks. The players they see with the ball are the midfielders. Yeah. Ball goes forward, someone like Josh Kennedy takes it and he's having a set shot goal. We're all watching Josh Kennedy. Yeah. The umpire's watching the guy on the mark that's going to overstep and give 50 or the guy's intruding within the protected area. So umpires don't see anything except is midfielders. It, is it only, how many umpires? Four? Three. Three, three. field umpires. So three field umpires give votes after every game? Correct. Maybe, do they need a fourth to interject and say so-and-so was really good? Like, Well, you can make a case they've got an emergency umpire and yeah. fundamentally his job is to watch the game. Yeah. He could probably contribute, yeah. I think. Uh, at the moment, well, they, they don't contribute. They don't at all? No, nah, but... He How do they do it? So they all, like, huddle up and figure it out? Yep. Oh, really? When I, when I was doing it, there was nowhere near the level of AFL, but we still gave out awards. We would do it on a quarter-by-quarter basis. Yep. We would almost have the votes... Like boxing, almost. Yeah, okay. and so you go, you pick who you reckon, one or two players, two, one or two players, one or two players, um, and... By the end of the third quarter, we'd sort of go, right, this is who we reckon. Someone had wanted to do something pretty good this last quarter to overdo those votes. You yeah, know, It's only happened probably once or twice. Actually, had my best sledge to do with, uh, <laughs> with that one. But, uh, yeah, we'll okay. for that. All right, um, so who do you reckon you got for the Brownlow then? Tim Kelly. He's definitely a, a front leader. Oh, yeah. Um, That'd be dirty. You'll be dirty. You can't get past five. Five? I mean, there's not a lot of guys in Freo's midfield that... The, again, the umpires won't see with the ball. Yep. So the umpires yeah. will see Nat Five with the ball a lot. Yeah, and then you've Patrick got... Patrick Cripps from Carlton. Cripps, Dangerfield. Uh, Dangerfield. Uh, uh, I think Dangerfield might have a different role in terms of where the umpire... He might go forward a little bit more. Same as he Dustin doesn't play Martin. as much in the midfield. Yeah, yeah. yeah same as Dustin. Yeah, Dustin Martin too. will go forward a bit more. Um, I'm going Bontempelli. Bon- yeah, I was going to say Bontempelli or McRae as well from the Bulldogs. Right, that whole so Bulldogs midfield watch out. They're, yeah. Bulldogs yeah, they're, they're, that, yeah, they're yeah. back, I reckon. Oh, yeah, nice. I'm picking them for top four this year. I'm going to go Tom Mitchell yeah. or Kelly for West Coast. Yeah. yeah. What about Premiership? Obviously, you've got to go West Coast. West Coast. <laughs> West Coast. I'm, I reckon this Giants... Yeah, this is their time, right? Where they, so they got smoked in the ground they, they were terrible. So, yeah. yeah, that's one of the things about um, the Giants. I mean, the Giants are a fabulous team, but history says, and I'll be very interested to see if they can overthrow history, if you get absolutely spanked in the grand final, yeah, it's hard to come right. back. Yep. Port Adelaide 2007, 
Oh, sorry. Yeah, the difference with that side though, with GWS, yeah, there is, is that they're they're good. They have some really good players to come back, and they've never got their full team. Mm. You know, like Whitfield, Coniglio, what's the um Kelly, all those guys. With all playing at the same time. Yeah. And yeah. if they do get all playing at the same time, that and that's have the full thing. Season, well, like, you, you've got to be. There's a lot of luck in football. Yeah, that's like, it. Like you look at it was 2018. Brad Shepherd does a hamstring. Andrew Gaff is suspended. Nick yeah. Natanui doesn't knee. Well, if Nick Natanui doesn't do a knee, there's no way Nathan Valley plays. Yeah. You know, like if. Oh, that was hard. You know, if obviously too. if Gaff wasn't suspended, there's no way that Dom Shee plays. Yeah. You've, you you got to be. There's some real lucky footballers who yeah. want a flag, and then some real. Like Pavlich. Yeah. You know, Richardson. Never, yeah. never yeah. a premiership player. Yeah. Okay. All right. So. Wait, did we go over players to watch? We did. Players to watch, um, Christian Petrarca as well. Petrarca? From, uh, the, uh, from Melbourne. Melbourne. Uh, I just think Melbourne that, like, they're going to be better. They are, they're going to be better. They're, they're fitter this year. You can see that they're running out of the games, even, like, for the two practice games over this uh, last couple of weeks. They, yeah. I know, they've just got a bit of steel about them. They're going to be, you need a bit of mongrel in yeah. football. And yeah, they're, I, like, they're, they're I liked him when they were up. Uh, Melbourne when they yeah. were actually playing well they were a good team to yeah. watch so. alright let's is... go let's go round one tips round one tips it's fine <laughs> round one I when is this cats so next weekend uh, week, weekend oh two weekends yeah. oh the, well it starts on Thursday yeah Richmond Carlton MCG oh that's that's the it happens every year it's just a stupid game it's a I'm so over it What's I don't that? even watch it anymore What's I don't that? even watch the first game of the year they play Richmond and Carlton every year. Is it, oh, is it always the Richmond same are the very best. Carlton are the very worst. Carlton are dog shit. And it's just it's the first game every year. So we're going That's, Richmond, boys? Yeah, oh. just. Just, <laughs> just over 50. Just, I'll say so. Uh, Bulldogs. Bet you can put your hands Magpies. on. This is going to yes, be a, this is is a an underrated game. game. Like very from Friday night of the first round, yep. severely, severely underrated. And because yep. everyone always talks about, like you said, the first game, but... For me, this is... This is the first game. Yeah, get rid of it. It was like Collingwood Cats Mate, last year. That was that a great first game. Is that where we at? Marvel or... Yeah, Marvel. Yeah. Like, I'm going Bulldogs. I'm Bulldogs. Yeah, Bulldogs. Yeah, 100%. Right. And like Trelaw's out as well Bulldogs now. Out. So, yeah, get get around the dogs. So we've got, yeah, yeah Bulldogs. Uh, Bombers, Frio, Marvel from Saturday. Day game. You just don't know. Like, Frio's got a new coach and like everything like that. They've Who's got the Frio coach, coach now? Uh, Justin Longyear. Oh, actually, oh, okay. the the player I was going to say that I would break out seasons from Bombers too. Oh, I, I, I had two, but a- Andrew McGrath, I reckon yes. for the Bombers. Watch yep. out for this fellow. He's going to be in the midfield. Yeah. Yeah. Um, look, I, I'm going to say Essendon. Um, just because, like Essendon's one of those scenarios. Like um, they haven't won a final. In, they're like, like the new, like the new Richmond now. Yeah, I feel like. Run, they're like, sort of popular <laughs> a bit. Yeah. They're the new you know, Bombers, and Jack wouldn't like to hear that. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> So yeah. Bombers? I'm Bombers. going Bombers on that one too, yeah, just because yeah, it's I'll at go home. Bombers it's if it was uh, in, in Super, Melbourne. yeah, I'd go. Uh, Crows, Swans. Oh, a, what's AO? AO. So Two probably, teams probably I picked to yeah. drop down a Crows, bit too late. Probably Adelaide, just on the home. Go Crows. Yeah, go, I'll go Crows on that one. Giants, Cats, night game, Geelong. Oh, wait. It's in GS. Sydney, yeah. Giant Stadium. Giant Stadium? Oh, oh, I can't go against the Cats winning for yeah. sure. Oh, they probably won't. <laughs> you know what? Tip against on, the team. On, just on, the cat, on, on this basis, Geelong don't traditionally form, perform very well after a bye. Yep. We've got a bye after the two practice games, so I'm going the Giants. <laughs> but uh, the Cats usually start seasons well too, so we very rarely lose that first game. So. Uh, okay, next game, no one's going to be at Gold Coast Suns versus Port Adelaide. Oh. 
Okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh, to be honest, uh, like the Gold Coast could be a talent. There's MS Metricon. Metricon. Yeah. Um, look, Gold Coast Sports. I'm going to say Gold Coast. Gold Coast. Like, Gold Coast started yeah. the season pretty well last year and surprised a few too. And, they, and they've won their, their, both their practice games. They absolutely belted the Cavs. Yeah. It was just, Okay. Like so, all right. I'm still, so, still, still on Sport Adelaide on that one. How how many people in the crowd? Two thousand. Fifteen. I might get four. Poor old guy. <laughs> uh, let's go next game. North Melbourne St Kilda. Well, St Kilda's one of those teams everyone's talking about, and they've gone out and done a massive, massive recruiting drive. Like um, they got Paddy Ryder in. Um, Brad Hill's big. Brad Hill. Uh, they got Dan Butler from Richmond. Um, and then you've also got the Max, Max King, Max, um, one of the King Max, boys, Max yeah. or Ben King. Yeah. Um, and they, they were looking good, man. Like in in the preseason games. So North Melbourne were like, alright last year, though, weren't they? Yeah, North Melbourne were okay. They're always like, they're always the there. Mark. Like yeah. around the mark. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Tough one Saints. To pick, then. I'm gonna Saints. say Saints. Saints. All right. Where is where's that one played? Uh, Marvel. I'm gonna go. Oh yeah, Saints at Marvel. Yeah, probably. And then we've got Hawthorne, Brisbane. MCG. That's huge. Ooh, it's a good like, one. Brisbane, Actually, Brisbane where, got where the wood Brisbane, on Hawks too. You know, like, where, but where are they at? Like, you know, they, they were dog shit for so long. You've you've had that breakout year. Minor Premier last you, year, weren't they? Uh, Geelong was minor Premier last year. Brisbane up there? Yeah, that was second. Yeah. So then, but then they went out in straight sets. So, mm. you know, you've had that you've had that finals experience. There's that level of expectation against you. Um, Hawthorne's always around the mark. Yeah. You know, you've got Patton back. You Like you said, you've got Mitchell back. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know. Like I, I, just think that probably for round one, probably Hawthorne. Yeah. But it would be very interesting to watch Brisbane. Uh, stuff like, just and wheeze. Hate them. <laughs> go there. Go the Lions. Yo. I think I'll go against Hawthorne every go. <laughs> um, and then we've got Eagles Melbourne at Optus. Optus Stadium. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say Eagles in this one. Um, I'm so confused. What's Marvel? Wait, Optus is the Perth one. Eh? Oh Perth. fuck! I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm so there. confused by all the stadiums now. Yeah. I'm like, where's where's Telstra Dome now? Yeah, no. There's always one or so two little. Um, so the hardest one's playing Geelong. What's that bloody call every year? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, <laughs> they named it after um, <laughs> Gary Hawking for yeah, a week, didn't they? It's disordered. Um, the traditional name's Kidinia Park, but what, it's I been, still call it Kidinia Park. Was it Shell Skill Gym HBA? I heard of Shell Skill. I still call it Kidinia Park. I just always say it. Yeah. So we go Eagles. I think we'll go Eagles. I'm going. Go, yeah, there's always a couple of upsets yeah. first round. I reckon Melbourne beating Eagles is going to be the one. And well, we've got yeah. a gym. Uh, we've got a gym tipping comp. Going oh, I know we got to get. Yeah. Yeah. So that. I've got to go with those tips, don't I? So. Yeah. 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 I've no idea. Who probably just all the home teams. <laughs> that's the way I used to. Oh, the people that win footy really tipping well. usually don't know oh, anything yeah. about footy. Just so go all the home teams. And then uh, just just stick with that throughout the year. And I'm probably pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no. Nah. Well, we'll see. Because then there's some absolute... Why would you pick them over the, so-and-so? It's like, oh, they're the home team. Yeah, but they're dog shit. It's yeah. like first versus last. Yeah, but they get up. So that is uh, about an hour 50. Didn't make it two hours. Didn't quite make two hours. Um, Martin, I don't think, mate... I don't think we can have another guest after that. I'm oh, sure you can. I feel like you need your own. <laughs> he can just come back again. Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe a mid-season check-in. Martin, we'll get you back on. Um, really appreciate it, man. Big oh, day yesterday for you. Yeah. Um, so turning up this morning on a Sunday at 10 a.m. After a big game yesterday. After a big game yesterday. Um, mate, could listen to you talk smack about sports oh. and stories and everything. It's been entertaining. 
it's probably the podcast I've talked the least on. Yeah, uh, good, good, good to get AJ yeah, to shut up for a little bit. Someone, <laughs> someone who can uh, talk better and, and more than me. So um, awesome to have you on, man. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, anything from you guys? No, no, yes, thanks very much. Um, you know, Excited for footy to come back. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And I, I'm loving watching all the stuff that you guys are doing down at the gym with all your powerlifters. And, you know, I, I definitely get around and watch all your, you know, your videos and keep track of all your, your, all your athletes and your PBs and that sort of stuff. Thanks, so, brother. Yeah, so awesome. you guys are doing some awesome work. Thanks, thanks man. man. All right. We'll see you uh, in a few months, man, for a bit of a check-in maybe. Catch up.